What's that? Oh, okay. She burped right when it started. Don't talk about yourself in the third person. <laughs> What's happening, weirdos? Me, Val, and Baby Lee are sitting on the couch. Yay! Yay, where we live now. <laughs> <laughs> this is where we live now. This is <laughs> Yep, that's true. Everybody wants to know how we're sleeping. And the answer is in short bursts. <laughs> it's different every night. <laughs> Obviously, it's wonderful. It's weird what you can get used to. I said to somebody today, I got four consecutive hours last night, and that was enough for the night. And I completely meant it. Yeah. I wasn't like... And I'm getting by. I was like, I'm fine. I got four straight hours last night. Like, if you know me, if I got six hours before. Oh, yeah. We were sleeping like nine hours. Yeah. But if I got less than that, I would have gone around being like, no one talk to me. I'm having a bit of an issue. Well, we are going crazy. <laughs> we are definitely going crazy. Clearly losing our minds. Can you remember one thing? Sometimes when the hardest laugh question comes up on this, I try and think of what we laugh about we, at I mean, two, I don't think three, four in the morning. But I don't even remember the category. We were laughing, like one of the hardest middle of the night laughs was at uh, your impression of Penelope Cruz. Oh, yeah. That's not going to work. No. Because we were watching Versace, the murder of Versace, or Gucci. Yeah. No. You were saying, like, <laughs> it was a phone call between Penelope Cruz and her, her agent. agent, and the agent was like, it's just a little kitschy. <laughs> right. And she goes, what is kitschy? What is, I do not know this kitschy. I'm trying to... Kitschy coochie. Kitschy coochie. I'm not a baby. <laughs> I'm not a baby. And then he was like... No, we want you to do this ad for Gucci. <laughs> Gucci, Gucci, I am not a baby. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't really It doesn't work. But we want... We laughed so hard. We want to share... I'm trying to do her doing her Italian accent on that show. I think she's being Italian on that show. Oh, yeah, she is being Italian. Are you being Italian? <laughs> Someone on the set... Um, anyway, anyway, this is a long voicemail, so uh, just call us back. Just call us back. When you get this call, us we'll be at home on the couch, losing our minds, giving thanks for four consecutive. I never used to. When people ask me how I slept, I never used to tell them like the hour amount and how they were clustered together. Oh, yeah. I was just like, I slept nine hours. Now I'm like, okay, well, I slept for two. <laughs> then I was up for three hours. Same thing. I'm like, I think it, like, I got two hour and a half and one three hours. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. It's like going to a new country and they, they have a different currency. Yeah. A new country? <laughs> a new to you. It's new to you. <laughs> it's new to you. It's new, but it's new. <laughs> the country itself is probably quite old. Oh my god. So any who's a This is Ramin Ramin Nazer, who I love. We talk we get a lot of topics started that we don't finish, which is not unusual for this podcast. And I remember saying that he's the only one that I follow. 
I had a ma- you know this. I had a mass unfollowing on Instagram just because I was trying to get off it. And it totally works. If you only follow like nutritionfacts.org, <laughs> it's no longer Instagram. It's just nutritionfacts.org. Like you might as well go to nutritionfacts.org. <laughs> It's too it's too addicting anyway. But Ramin Nazer, I love. He posts almost every day, and he draws these very uh, interesting, funny, psychedelic-y um, cartoons, single panel cartoons. Sometimes they have more panels, and I love him. He's got um, a comic book which he gave me, which I love, which is called After You Die, um, and Cave Paintings for Future People is his book. And he's also a very stand-up. A very stand-up funny comedian. <laughs> oh, good for him. Isn't that good? He's a very stand-up funny comedian. Yeah. So, and he's a fan of this podcast, so I enjoyed it. This was, what, what do I, I'm a dad, <laughs> like Mulaney's bet. I talk I through burps. Oh, <laughs> I have the hiccups. Well, what was I going to say? <laughs> anyway, just call us. What was I going to say? It was Ramin. He's funny. Oh, maybe we should play some. We don't have to play a stand-up. He's great. I, I, you check out his stand-up, but I don't need Katie cutting and pasting. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Leave me alone. Everyone, leave me alone. <laughs> Let's do the Pete's Picks. Ready? <laughs> I love Pete's Picks. I love Charlotte's Web. I take Charlotte's Web, especially when I'm freaking out with stress because of the baby. Charlotte's Web is a hemp oil made from uh, the hemp plant, but they use science to remove the THC. Where do they give it, Doug Benson? So they take out the, Where do they give it, Doug Benson? So they take the THC... We're so tired. They take the THC out and they leave the body beneficial, the brain beneficial, CBD. I take CBD, but I love the Stanley Brothers Charlotte's Web because it's the only hemp that's grown in America made for human consumption. It's not supposed to be a burlap. Well, it wouldn't be burlap. It would be a hemp sack, wouldn't it? <laughs> it? It's a mood elevator. This is for me. It's an anxiety reducer, a stress reducer. It helps me sleep, helps me smile, helps me laugh a little bit easier. If I'm just feeling a little bit pinched, which is at some point, usually most days, uh, I'll take some Charlotte's Web or I just take it a little bit in the morning uh, because it gives me just a little bit of that glow. It's hard to put into words, which is why I think you should try it. It doesn't get you stoned. There's no, like, druggy feel to it whatsoever. There's just kind of an almost below perception level goodness, like a happy fire glowing behind the scenes. Try it is the best thing to do. Legal in all 50 states. Um, and you go to cwhump.com slash weird, and you get 10% off. Use promo code Keep It Crispy. The other one, <clears throat> man, I've been swearing by it. When we've been so tired with the baby, we're like, we do one thing every day. I'm like, I can do one work thing or one non, well, work thing. I'm so tired. Listen, I take Alpha Brain. It's a nootropic. That means it's a brain vitamin. It's uh, one that I've used for over four years, four or five years. I take it before podcasts. I take it before uh, dates. I take it with you. (laughs) <laughs> I take it before writing uh, scripts. I take it before acting, improv, stand-up. I love Alpha Brain. It helps you think, helps you concentrate, helps you focus. It specifically helps with uh, vocabulary recall for me. 
you blank last a little bit. I wish I had it in college. I'm so glad I have it now. I've been taking it every day for four years, which is why I reached out on it and said, I want to get this into the hands of the listeners. Uh, I know they'll love it. People do come up to me and say how much they love both of the Pete's Picks. So if you want to try Alpha Brain, go to onit, O-N-N-I-T dot com slash weird. You'll get 10% all of the di- of all the different products that you have on there. Which I should have mentioned, there's the hemp balm, which I've been using so much on sore muscles. It's amazing. That's at Charlotte's Web. And then Alpha Brain as well. Try them. Love them. Swear by them. Need them. Find them. Keep them. Shape them. Cherish them. Cherish them forever. Mm-hmm. Um, baby Lily, do you have anything? Uh. Oh, that was pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I got greedy and waited for more. It was perfect. Yeah, we're lucky we got that. We're lucky we got that. She is a good baby. All, I want to be clearly, all babies sleep erratically. It's not just you. <laughs> like, don't feel shame. Don't feel sleep shame. Yeah, we're not shaming. You're, You're doing, doing great. You're doing great. You're two doing weeks great. old. You're two weeks old. Sometimes you give us four-hour stretches. And and that's amazing. And one of the ways we get that to happen is by feeding her a lot. It's called cluster feeding. <laughs> what a cluster feed. That's the third Pete's pig. <laughs> the, thir- the third Pete's pig this week is cluster feeding. <laughs> this one is crazier than the time we were really stoned into it. Yeah, but guess how many minutes it is? Mm, nine minutes, 20 seconds. Wow, 9.40. Woo! I was ready to be like, but it's not that long. It's pretty long. <laughs> uh, it's like Big Mouth. Did you skip the intro? <laughs> you shouldn't have skipped this intro. It was a good one. It was a fun one. It was a silly watch one. Big Mouth season two. We got through it in two days. <laughs> Man, Big Mouth is so good. So good. I'm going to get into it. Get into it. Uh, cha, cha, cha. What? <laughs> it's okay. That's the funniest. That's the funniest thing to say. How I don't respect other Would people's you guys time. Do you, Ramin? I'll take a water yeah. and I'll throw out my gum so it doesn't... Uh, the opposite of ASMR. It just oh, sounds like you're... Cans today? You and the lingo. Yeah. What are the you... Dax Shepard What episode. are you, a fun guy? The first ten, ten minutes was about the cans and the benefits of cans versus not doing the cans. Which, well, that was a great episode. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, that Kate? one, the... I mean... Let's put them on. There's, there's no shortage of... Of I good had no episodes. idea Thank who, you so I was, much. Uh, who I was. I'm just a fan of yours. I really? I know you enjoyed my... I follow no one on Instagram. I, I, I realized I, I think this is right up your alley. Uh, I was on there too much. It was just too much for me. I'm not saying by other... I don't know what other people's Instagram standards are. I just noticed that it became... Kind of like Dax and I talked about with alcohol. It became thoughtless. Yeah. It became something that I was just doing all the time just because there was a dull moment not just in the bathroom which i guess you can kind of forgive it's boring to wait for your poops to drop (laughs) i suppose but i was just doing it constantly 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 so i unfollowed everybody it seems a little mean but it's one of uh not that anyone asked but it's one of my tips (laughs) (laughs) wait a pick or a tip it's a feed tip okay it's a it's a if pete had to pick a tip (laughs) he'd pick this tip i just unfollowed everybody except a few people 
because I noticed that, and this seems like everything seems up your alley. I'm very excited to talk to you. Yeah, me too. And I hope this is a longer one, not to infringe or impinge on anyone's time, but I just love seeing like, I'm like, this this Dak Shepard episode is so good. How much more is there left? It's like 90 minutes. Yeah. Yes. And then I have to leave. 90 more minutes. Yeah, I love the long ones. And I think people that hate the long ones are silly because you can just always pause it and have it be another. That's what I say. Everything... I feel like we're similar folks. I hope we're similar people because I love your work so much. And it seems like a Ramin Nazer. Am I saying that right? Oh, yeah. Cartoon where it's just like podcast too long just ended. It's over whenever you end Yeah. And about the unfollowing thing, if you haven't seen this one, I drew something a while back about like just you should be able to unfollow anyone with ease because it's a computer game. I'll blow your head off in a computer game. Like I'll do crazy shit to you in the computer game. So yeah, unfollow. Like I'll kill you in a computer game. Of course I'll unfollow yes. you in a computer game i i think i've talked about it before in Who'd you stay following? i used to like uh, lasso them and then ride them around and kill them somewhere beautiful i could take them to a sunset and kill them oh, a little divorce. <laughs> you, you watch westworld i know you don't watch uh, game of thrones because i think you were like on conan talking there, did, like you had yeah. a little like not and you know stand-up. since then i've tried it a few times into it or no? i couldn't do it couldn't do it i made it two episodes to... three episodes in. takes a while to get like i was it. working for it yeah. It's like, do I get a? Do I fill out a W two at the end of this? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm also like, I don't know. I, it's clearly an awesome show. I'm sorry to interrupt. It's clearly great. You know, when you're just like, it's great. It's just not something I'm going to eat. Like unfollowing people. They're yeah. great. Just want to unfollow them. What were you going to say though? Oh, um, you love Westworld. I don't remember. You love Game was, of Thrones. I wasn't. I don't remember what I was going to say. But when you said sorry, sorry to interrupt you. It's so interesting that on because you have like a fan base that loves you, but like apparently criticisms pop up like on the Wikipedia and on the other thing. I haven't really noticed it any more than other people. I think because we're comics or something. But Wait, just that's like I, the, like people criticize that I interrupt you. A lot. You like talk over guests or something. But I don't think you talk over guests more than Rogan or. Uh, yeah, I don't know, like Marin probably does it or something. I think Marin's probably better than me. Oh, Should, what? You're sure. doing that now? Uh, uh. <laughs> I tried to listen to Ale- Alex Gray, who I bet. I love Alex love. Gray and Allison Gray. Yeah, they which, did. Yeah. Oh, I was going to say, like, I'm, I'm kind of I'm bummed that Val wasn't here, too, but whatever. This is just a Well, you the baby's in the house. We'll get to We can talk about Yeah, Baby Leela. But Baby Leela. Yeah. So Baby Leela is at home, and I, it's just, it's such a membrane. It's a crazy thing. It's insane such a membrane. In the- it's not, it's, it's very sane in the. <laughs> It's the opposite of looking at a screen. It's like the most real thing I've ever done, and I love it. And it's pretty sacred. So I was like, I don't want to bring – I love the podcast, but I don't want to bring like a shush, 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 we're recording yeah. sort of energy into the house. If She's going to feel wants- weird about it forever. <laughs> you know, Howard Stern does uh, – Howard Stern pursued radio because his dad was obsessed with the radio and wouldn't listen to him. That's what created Howard Stern. That's, that's what created – not that I'm Howard Stern, but I mean like – to me, a joke is proof that you've been heard. My mother does this too, like a laugh. Like I, I was talking to Valerie. We had a pediatrician. We went to a pediatrician, and I make jokes with her. She was talking about like you can stimulate a baby's butt to poop. We didn't do it because uh, she's pooping. <laughs> you just did it for Great. fun, not it, to poop. It was fun. It was just kind of like interesting. <laughs> no. She was like, you can put a, th- a rectal thermometer in there and take it out, and, and the stimulation will get her to poop. She's pooping great. Let's just let's not have this become the Pete talking about poops and Isn't that crazy? Like podcast. she just came into the world and not only does she have just hours upon hours upon hours of her parents talking about everything. Yeah. Like there's there's Dude, that's the gift I wanted to give her. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Is that what you meant? Yeah. Because I can't take it back. Yeah. And I don't want it because you I and I don't like, have that. 
That's what I'm saying. Yeah, exactly. So not only do I love jokes because it's proof that you were hurt. So with the pediatrician, she said you can use um, Vaseline. We don't have Vaseline. So I was like, we could use coconut oil. Is that okay? And a Q-tip. And she was like, yeah, you could use coconut oil. And she was like, it might irritate the skin. And I go, oh, we'll use the baby butthole oil. (laughs) And she laughed. It's not even so much that it's like a great joke. It's that I'm checking to see if she's listening because that's the type of love that I like kind of moving around. Yeah. And you can call it a love language. It's like, do you hear me? Are you listening so much that you know that even though I didn't change my tone and I don't have clown makeup on, that you heard that I'm joking? That's the level of attention I'd like my doctor to be functioning on. Yeah. And all of my friends, to be honest. And then I have some friends that like don't get jokes they're really you know they're family friends they don't get jokes and, and I, I can be frustrated by those people but anyway what there are people that run around in your circle that don't get the jokes even when it's you they're vals a lot of them are, are friends that oh. i have through valerie and i love these people i really do but i'll notice that comedians like you and i have this uh shorthand where it's like of, of course we're joking like there's just a yeah. lot more like what you ever hear like was it uh stan hope talking about how just even though he criticized Dane Cook and all that, like he would rather hang out with him if he ran into him in an airport than just one of his fans because he'd rather just hang out with a comic because comics just get it. There's no pretense. Just, oh, I can relax now. I can just say whatever. And Absolutely. And they get, they get what you're doing. So what were we saying? We were saying baby butthole oil. Oh, and then this. I love my dad so much, so much that I wish he would tell me. I wish he would talk to me the way... I am on this podcast, but sometimes our, our egos get in the way, yeah. and the and the role of dad gets in the way. What I understand about your dad is he's all about like not not peak performance, but everything <laughs> he'll just tell tell like oh now like it's, you're talking about a basket weaver like oh Henry Henry Johnson he can weave a basket that man could weave a basket. You know what I've noticed even more so that's hilarious that you know that is that my dad is a pattern recognition machine like we all are. But my dad will see two, let's say, um, Indian people smoking. Like he sees one at 9 a.m. And then at 4 p.m. he sees another Indian person smoking. He'll go, a lot of Indian people smoke, I've noticed. (laughs) That's it. Two case studies, a lot of Indian people smoke. He does this way. He goes like, a lot of firefighters are happy family men. Probably because he met two. I see him do it, and I feel the own temptation in my own being because I share his code. We do it on the road. We go like like a stereo, any sort of stereotype, like teenagers or bad drivers. Well, maybe there's some great drivers. Yeah, we can't but like, help We just it. go like, because it makes us feel safe, and that's what my dad is constantly doing is putting things in compartments so he can understand it, which is what we're all doing. Yeah, it's such a delicate game because you can either go one way where you're stereotyping everything or the other way where it's like you're just not making sense of any of the data you're collecting. That's it's right. like, no, not until I have infinite data points I with know. complete correlation is this a truth. I know, which, which, is, th- which is a frustration yeah dads this is this is tricky and you know it sounds like you've listened to the podcast i'm not a very political person but one of the things i've noticed about you get criticized for it no no i mean you seem to be more aware of what i'm criticized for because i didn't know i was criticized for interrupting oh i'm just on reddit and stuff especially because i mean i've been i've i've followed you for not like online followed but just through comedy i've like known you for yeah geez like a decade just kind of like i mean i used to watch the pete holmes show when i went to the gym it was it wasn't like i mean it's it's a 
it's a compliment, but it's not a full on like like oh I can't like I gotta set the DVR for Pete Holmes show. It was on at the gym on all the TVs, and that was the one that I picked. I loved wow. uh, I loved New Material Seinfeld. Oh, wow, there's that uh, what else? Sorry, remember the the Sherlock Holmes that can't deduce anything. Yes, it's terrible. I uh, think about that every night. The monologues were yeah. good too because the monologues was just like just like stand up, like yeah. normal things that you would have put in a special or something. My brother said I, I had no idea my brother watched the Pete Holmes show. I know maybe that seems like a foregone conclusion, but um, we're not a normal family and, and, and but we love each other. But he was like, I loved it. And he he was like, I loved your monologues because they were a single guy's monologue. Like, if you remember, that's like the time. I was single during that time. I was dating Val. Oh, he means like single like male single bachelor, male not guy. like one perspective. There's oh, a okay. lot of monologues about like, get up a little early and have a morning. Is like one of them. <laughs> or like, uh, treat yourself and go to the spa. Like, it's like all like concerns of how to just navigate an unregulated man through life. Yeah. And I'm, I think that made it hopefully more appealing. Yeah, I never, I never noticed that. I guess like Fallon's married, Conan's married. This is a more of an Leno's unresolved married. guy. Yeah, Letterman married. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is there any single person? Colbert? Did um, you say Colbert? I mean, they're all. No, he's got to have like three kids that are all perfect. And of course, just... they salute. Yeah, <laughs> Papa. <laughs> I would make that joke too. <laughs> have you gone on there? I love Colbert uh, so much. Have you been on it? Yeah. Oh, you've probably twice. been on all the stuff. You're at like. You're at the top shelf level now. Like, there's no. <laughs> it's funny that you like, say that because I'm doing Conan next week, and I'm the, it's the second guest. You know, so the first guest would be like a movie star. Second guest is like a, someone like us, and then the third. Wait, guest. us? You and I? No, no, no. I'm at best. I'm the five minute stand up. Well, there you, slot okay, at the there you end. go. I'm then not couch level. Then you're yet. the slou- the third. Okay, yeah, yeah. I upgraded you out of love, not out of arrogance <laughs> or ignorance. So you're the you're the third slot. Okay. So really, Conan's going to half hour. And I'm like, really, the, the one that's at risk is me. They're not going to stop having comedians and bands, which is the third act. And they're not going to stop having movie stars, which is the first act. To make the show shorter, they're going to trim out the middle act. And that's me. Oh, cutting out the middle I'm man. The B, I'm the, I don't think of myself in these terms, but I am the B-list guy. You have like Tom Hanks, right? And that, or that's a, that's a triple yeah. A guy. I just mean you have Dak Shepard. He's the A guy. Dak Shepard is an A. Okay, he's in movies and for sure. Again, yeah, I don't I think these ways. I, I really don't think this way. But I'm like I'm the part that you remove <laughs> to make the show <laughs> half an hour. So I'll enjoy it while I have it. Is it at least every day? Is it every day? I think thing? so. I think so. You could be you could be A list. Like you're still. I don't see you going on a decline anytime soon, well, and and you're you. you're well put together. Another Pete Holmes thing I know from at least before. This is a great uh, interview. Yeah, because I, I, know, I know about you, but not too much to where yeah, it's no, not it's interesting. Awesome. No, it's I want to know some stuff, but you. I remember you saying like you'd have your uh, daily goals, weekly goals, and monthly goals, and you're an achiever. You know, yeah. Aries fire sign, like want yeah. the stuff, not just because of the stuff, but I don't know, just something about it. It taps deep into the thing. Well, and, yeah, I'm good basket weaver <laughs> some of that in there oh man i want to meet mr holmes what is it john holmes it is john holmes. is it really yeah, oh holmes. that's so funny yeah. just shot in the dark just sounded like <laughs> what about your mom maureen no okay you'll never, you'll never, she's lithuanian oh damn so john and maureen holmes that would have been perfect but i'm i'm glad i got 50 50 on the did. john you but it. you i think with duncan or something you were talking about or maybe on other podcasts you would talk about uh, like this life should be a thing like, oh, I wonder what it would be like to go back and live as, let's say, Mark Twain, as Einstein, as Pete Holmes. Right. And then you're seeing 
every day as an episode. Can you Ramin Nazer the fuck out of Ramin Nazer? Can I what out of it? Can you Ramin Nazer the fuck out of Ramin Oh, Nazer? yeah. Like For some reason, die. I've rearranged that. I'm like, yeah. can you fuck Ramin Nazer as Ramin Nazer? I'm like, once the Oculus is good enough, yes, but I don't, I don't see it happening. You're going to fuck yourself at, at the At the Oculus? very end. It's not the first thing I do. This is like 10,000 years. you have sex with yourself in the Oculus room. 10,000 years after I've exhausted all other possibilities. Dude, we're already there. I mean, with the with the way that internet pornography is and the way, you know, you, uh, uh, I've only read about this. I don't mean I don't have friends and I haven't had anyone on the podcast talk about it. You don't have friends? I don't have friends who have done this oh. that watch uh, gay porn or things that don't even necessarily turn them on. It's not in their orientation because it's the taboo of it. So can you imagine when Oh, they watch it because they're not supposed to watch it even exactly. though they're not into it? One, this, is a, this is straight down again. Hey, man! <laughs> it's like novelty. You're looking for novelty. So after you've seen 15 Japanese women press their butts on glass... Or whatever it is. Uh-huh. You do that and you do that and you find everything that you want. At a certain point, the, the hedonic treadmill, you need that next thing and you're not getting that shock anymore. The first time I saw pornography, my heart rate, I felt it. It, like shot, it was through – I had a camcorder because I found a tape, of, a VHS tape in my brother's room. I couldn't put it in the family VCR. I had, I had enough sense to – you know, it was hidden in a box, a Nike box under the G.I. <laughs> Joe's. So I had a sense that it was naughty. It was also bright pink. Oh, uh, he probably still visits it using uh, using uh, Bing video search because you can just look at anything that's ever existed now. You, if you, ha- I recommend it. Yeah, if you can f- <laughs> find the things that you were looking at when you were like fifteen, I yeah. mean, it's, it's crazy. And I'm a big converter, or what's it called, an evangel of evangelist for Bing because Bing is a punchline. You know, like sure, I'll Bing it, <laughs> and then you open up Google, like <laughs> stupid Bing. But Bing is a better video search. Engine because it doesn't own YouTube, so Google favors YouTube. So you're not going to find as much stuff like on Daily uh, Motion or like Russian sites or Japanese sites. So like Bing draws from everywhere, whereas Google. I mean, the proof is in the pudding. If you just search, like, open up two tabs, open one Google video, one Bing video, look for whatever the fuck you want, rare Prince video or pornographic thing or whatever, yeah, sure. and you're going to find way more on Bing. It's that just, is amazing. And who knows? This Jonah Ray change. was right. Oh, Jonah Ray's about Bing? He had a campaign for Bing. For oh, me. really? God, I'm such and a it, hack. It, it, no, you're right. Bing, Bing, it's, it, it, you know. What's Jonah Ray up to these days? Mystery science theater? Yeah, I think so. That's his main uh, area of thing? Yeah, I yeah, think yeah. people can look it up. I'm not going to You can bring whole. it. But yes, he's doing mystery. I think he's touring with the mystery science. You know why I know? Because I love Jonah. I think of Jonah, and I ask Kumail, and I... I I think uh, Jonah said on my podcast, on this podcast, he said uh, he was breaking down boxes. It's funny the things that, you know, I've done almost 400 episodes and the things you remember. Jonah says he was tearing boxes to put them in the cardboard uh, recycling bin. Uh And he was like punching himself in the face because the the tape kept snapping and then whack his glasses off. And he's fucking swearing at himself and stressed out. And he looked across the street and I believe it was a Japanese man. I might be making it more like, you know, Zen seeming by making him Japanese. There was an old man, let's say. And he was doing the same thing, but he was just breaking down boxes. You know what I mean? It's that like surrendering into the moment. 
He was going slow. He was. Yeah, I don't. He even, was engulfed in it. And, I think he was just doing it deliberately. Uh, you know, when you it, it's a it's in be here now talking about when someone is so single minded in a task that they become be here what the task. <laughs> uh, okay, damn, you're 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 quick to my bullshit. You know, I was gonna try to pretend I didn't know who Ramdas was for like twenty minutes. Your cartoons are like, uh, like they you could string them together and they're very be here now. Obviously, you know that. Have you met him? I just, yeah. You got to meet him? I, well, also, do people get, because sometimes you, you say like, oh, well, here we go, another Rami D episode or something. Do people get irritated no. by Ram Dass talk? Because, like, well, I mean, the, he's so cool. Like, what, what's your problem with? I guess I, I've reached a point where I understand, and there's hundreds, there's literally hundreds of episodes before I had heard of him. <laughs> so, you yeah. Can, and you can listen to those if you prefer. But... It it was such a shift in my life, but it was such a shift in my life that allowed for other people's perspectives. You know what I'm saying? It, it didn't like change the way I wanted to talk to an atheist or talk to a, or a whatever other beliefs there might be. Did you ever go through an atheist phase? I did. You can't interview me. I, oh, sorry. <laughs> you can. Oh, I can. But oh, they people know, have heard they it. They know. Oh, yeah. gotcha. Sorry, listeners. I mean? No, no. I'm no. going to try to keep it crispy, and I know that, that doesn't count as the. <laughs> well, it's as over. The saying it. It's over. Play the no, song. No, it doesn't sound. It Podcast doesn't, is over. No, is that the rule? <laughs> it's a safe word. It's not a catchphrase. It's a safe oh. word. No, I'm teasing. Okay, good. Ooh, thank heavens. Thank heavens for uh, Betsy. Chef Boyardee. Jeff Boyardee. He's a bad chef. Yeah. He sold out. <laughs> what were we saying? Um, the, my um, drawings are. Trying. See, I think I subconsciously oh, I deflect if it's being talked about me. I'm trying to work on it and oh. be more, be it's more boastful. Because your cartoons have this beautiful self awareness. Let's tell people who you are. You're an artist, uh-huh. meaning you work in different mediums. Not you. Stand ups like to be artists, but you literally make like my dad would go. You're an artist. Oh, do you know what I like about that? <laughs> is that there's like arguments over like, well, it's not like it's not art. It's like yes, stand up is art. Like when when you're doing a thing that people call art like you forget that people have arguments about like well that, that's not art yeah this is art so if you're being yeah. called this it's like all right well i might be doing something right i mean just the fact that i'm on pete holmes you made it weird like <laughs> this is one of the top yeah. podcasts like i've stepped back onto the big stage somehow and yeah, you're an a guest you're the Dak shepherd level yeah isn't that it crazy? was Dax, and then it was you and it was henry winkler henry winkler, henry winkler before Emmy winner gary shanling shanling harris whittles harris. Like, people who are no longer in this dimension yeah i'm sharing i know they maybe they didn't tape listening. at katie's house but they might be listening probably Isn't they're at all points at once simultaneously <laughs> they can tune in wherever they want <laughs> hey guys hope you're enjoying the ice cream buffet harris uh gary hope your mother's not near you and that you get to fuck lots you know what's funny i was looking at one of your cartoons and we usually say this to the end you have this whole book uh about death called after you die after you die do you have it I'd love to get it. Oh, well, your wish is my command. Do you have it? Yeah, I brought one for you. I'm going to give you a strange, but uh, I, I want you to know this is a true high compliment. This will be a bedside book. This will be the, 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 yeah, I love it. Thank you very much. Oh, this really brings me back. It's like a comic book I didn't know because I've only seen it online. And you put in the little backing. Oh, it's yeah. In the bag. I, attention to details. I'm just a little pirate ship that, uh, you know, I don't. Or I have a printer that prints books, but everything I do, I ship from my own. You have a printer that printed this? No, or I, I use a printer out of San Francisco. Uh, mm. the, the, art, the little art prints I do You in-house. have a printer, yes. Oh, yeah. 
I have a relationship with a printer. But uh, basically, I'm just trying to say that I I do it all through me. So I'm always trying to improve the packaging and details matter. Like whether it comes with you know stickers, like what do they see the first thing when they get the envelope, just stuff That's like right. that. Unboxing videos, exactly. But it's true. Details matter. Going back to sort of abstractly to what I was saying earlier about jokes, it's like listening. People love listening, listening and being allowed to have room for and so details what i'm saying is you're considering what it would be like for me to have this it's not just like vanity or something you're going like what is the experience like for pete when he gets the comic book i'm going to put in one of these like throwback things and i'm going to feel like the kid i used to take the bus to the comic book store to buy comics and put them in bags like this so you've already helped me time travel backwards further from my death Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> the only way I can go further from my death is with my mind. Reading a book about death. But I was thinking about this. So you said, yeah, I love, I love, I can't, I was listening to Ram Dass in the car talk about death. I can't. Which period? Because there's, uh, I, I find it interesting if you try to introduce Ram Dass to someone who's never heard of it as current Ram Dass, it's going to be a tough sell because it's like. You start with the 60s. Yeah, you have to. Where he started. Yeah, because he's so quick and he's thinking about your criticism and like saying it in a funny. That's so funny. The whole talk, he's going like, I know you think I'm nuts. Like he keeps. He doesn't do that later. Later, he's just sort of like, you know, he's blissed. Yeah, he can own it. (laughs) He can own it. But now he's like a comedian in the old days. Like I enjoy now, but like if you tried to just show someone like, I. Guru. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maharaji. Yeah, yeah that's not bad. S- yes. That's, that's not bad. Basol. <laughs> Basol. <laughs> You're touching your chest. I can't it's see. Eternal. <laughs> eternal. And suffering. <laughs> suffering. <laughs> it's grist. Grist. Grist for the mill. Wow. Grist for the mill. Wow. And then you're like 30 minutes later, and I love it because I'm like, yeah, he's still here. Look at his right, eyes. But right. you're showing it's like, hey guys, you got to check out Ramdas going home on Netflix. Well, and I've, like, I've yeah, I I think that video did a good job. Oh yeah, him up. but I have a I, I'm watching it taste. through the eyes of someone who's seen a billion Ramdas things course. already. Me too. You're absolutely right. I I got to visit with him. I was with him for a week in Hawaii. You can do these private retreats, uh-huh. and he's actually faster. Wait, private retreats? Yeah. How private? Like just you and him? Just you and him. For how long? Six days. Six days just you and him. But I mean, you see him every other day for two hours. That's still ridiculous. I uh, know, I know. <laughs> That's so cool. <laughs> but we, did, we spent most of it not talking. Because as someone who's absorbed so much of what he says, sitting with him in awareness was way better than going... Making him regurgitate something I've already heard yeah. him nail. You know what I mean? Like yeah, you, you might as well nailed take a it. selfie or something. At yeah, that point. We took a nice photo at the end. It was very sweet. Uh, he married uh, Duncan and Aaron. I know. Yeah, isn't that cool? It's very cool. So you in this book, After You Die, by Ramin Nazer, with the hilarious disclaimer, no religious agenda, which sadly is necessary because these topics have been co-opted and overtaken by people yeah. that want to sell you something. Which there's nothing wrong with uh, so, religion or doing it because I know you're you identify as a Christian, right? Well, that's interesting. Um, do you know what the word religion means? Religio, religament, uh, unity. Brings yeah, right it means together. healing the wounds of separation from the whole. And the thing is the whole. <laughs> like it's the whole definition. thing. And uh, what's another one? I love like the origins of words. Like enlightenment means to remember that you are made of light. It's not, 
oh, I figured it out. I'm light. It's remembering yeah. Yeah, yeah, that you yeah, yeah. are made of light. Beautiful free podcast. <laughs> so you talk about having in this book, and you you mentioned our dear friend Harris at the ice cream buffet. Uh-huh. And so Val's pregnant. Not pregnant. Val yeah, had you're using old material. you got to update it. Ah, Val's pregnant. No, um, they sent us this care package of uh, Russ and Daughters. It's this place in New York that I love. It has a lot of smoked fish. I'm a vegan, but like... It's called Rust and Daughters? Russ and Daughters. It's oh, on the Russ and side. his girls. Okay. Yeah, Russ and his... <laughs> <laughs> I'm Russ. These are my girls. <laughs> it's like the quintessential Lower East Side, New York, Jewish delicatessen. Do you remember Russ from Friends? Not Ross, but when like <laughs> Rachel was dating a guy that looked kind of like Ross. And like, this is Russ. And he's is that, like... Is that real? Yeah, it's a real That's episode. Hilarious. Go look it up. I, I don't have to. Val's always watching Friends. So it'll come <laughs> She'll through. appreciate that reference I'm if always, we remember it. No, she loves it. Oh my God, you're beautiful. <laughs> Russ. So what am I trying to say? I'm so tired. Oh, uh, Harris Whittle. Harris so Whittle's. No, no, I was um, saying Russ and Daughters. Oh. So Russ and Daughters comes and it's all, so I'm vegan, as, as you might know. Mm-hmm. But I'm also a bad vegan, meaning I'm a flegan and who cares? Yeah, the, ri- the ribs thing. The ribs, exactly. Yeah. Beautiful. So this care package comes. One of my rules for fleganism is love, is if somebody gives me something in love, it has more meaning to me to eat it than to not eat it. I don't want to eat like a pig face sandwich or something. Like meat is typically not. But here's a box of smoked fish. Because when we started doing crashing, I was eating fish. And now I'm, I don't eat fish anymore. But he sends this care package. One of our wonderful producers named Igor sent me. The Russian sends the Lithuanian this care package of smoked <laughs> fish. And Val and I are, I don't want to go on and on about it. But like we're in this membrane. We're in this very sacred, special place. And we're all about this baby. And it's beautiful. It's the coolest thing I've ever done. And here comes this box, and it's overnight ship from New York, Russ and Daughters, Russ and his girls. And we open it up, and we're eating it. I, I toast the bagels. They're New York bagels. I put the locks Ooh. on. I put the cream cheese on, all these non-vegan things. I, put, I ch- chop up onion, and I make these crispy fucking New York bagel locks. It's one of my favorite things in the Ooh, world. Mama. And I give one to Mama, and I take one for myself, and we bite it at the same time. And we, you almost want to cry, not just because of what it is, but because of the timing of it. We'd both been sleeping... And I can talk about this because it's not what people think. It's you aren't sleeping, but you're so in love that sleep isn't even what you want. That's it, cool. That's the best way I can explain it is like you are sleeping like for an hour and a half tops and then you do a feeding and that takes an hour and a half and then maybe you get another hour. But we had been sleeping even less than that. So we were in a, you could put that in a way in, on one level we were suffering, like our bodies were suffering, meaning we weren't pampering ourselves. Yeah. Our lives before were like nine hours of sleep and would get up and get a massage and all these like jerky, just taking care of yourself stuff. Yeah, it ends which, up feeling bad just doing it too, too much, right? <laughs> well, that's what, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. So then here we are, so, and I'm using quotes here, suffering, not sleeping a lot. Not eating a lot because we're all about this baby. We're also in bliss as well. But our bodies are somewhat suffering. And then we eat these things and they almost moved us to tears. So ice cream buffet, and I know you know this. I know you know this. You've smoked DMT. Come on. There's, as soon as there's two, there's all of this. As soon as there's light, there's dark. As soon as there's eating a crispy lox bagel, there's n- wanting and not having it. As soon as there's life, there's death. As soon as there's light, there's dark. So you're talking about polarity. As soon as you go from being a point, you uh, have to expand out in one direction. The other direction also exactly. goes out, no matter what. That's right. If yeah. you start moving forward, backward starts to exist. Yeah, up, That's down. fucking brilliant. Mm-hmm. That is the most well-articulated way. If you start moving forward, even you're not willing it to, 
behind you spontaneously begins to exist. Yep. Alan Watts talks all once you have something with one side, it has another side. And yeah. we love the crispy eating the bagel side, but without it, we also had the not having the bagel and being hungry and tired side. So when we think of, because I, I grew up Christian, I still love Christ very much. Um, Wait, not as much? No, very much. Okay. I, I wouldn't, it's, it's not even worth ranking. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> if I love Maharaji or, or Christ, it, it's, it's irrelevant. It's all one. It's uh-huh. one thing. So we can use all these different words. It doesn't matter to me. But like um, eating the, so the ice cream buffet idea is what I used to believe. Would die, would go to heaven. There'd be ice cream buffet. And then be, which was weird because all my desires were weird. I wanted to like titty fuck people and stuff. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it's like if I was really in a place, titty fuck two big scoops of ice cream, <laughs> different flavors, right in the middle till it melts away. A little John Updike, he called boobs uh, sweet scoops. Anyway, listen. Oh, I didn't know that. In one sh- story, listen. <laughs> oh no, I thought it was this whole thing. What I'm saying is, in your book, you talk about you <laughs> this whole thing, you salty dog. If you get up there and there's never-ending bliss, this is, a, this is a Ram Dass point, how long before that gets old? Yeah. It's an, it's an Alan Watts point. If every night when you dreamt, if you go to bed tonight and every night when you dream, you're there for 75 years and you can do anything you want, you can feel any way you want. He's like, how many weeks of that? That's a long time. How many years of that? Every night living a life, what, you can fly, you are titty-fucking ice cream, you do whatever you want. How long before you will a button that says something happens? Meaning something unknown happens. Oh. That makes the titty-fucking the ice cream feel good. That gives us the suffering, that gives us the other side of it, that makes eating that bagel so good. Because if I have that bagel every day... It becomes fucking meaningless. Yeah. If, I, if I'm uh, starving for air, this breath becomes unbelievable. But I'm what, saturated in it, so I stop caring about it. I stop caring about this beautiful view to our left that I haven't even looked at. Holy crap, in, I never even looked at it. <laughs> unless we were in a windowless room for a week. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, what is your concept of heaven? I mean, it, it's almost like we're in this place that... If we're going to have pleasure, we need to have pain to bring yeah, out the Yeah, for pleasure. sure. I mean, um, I'm sure you've heard the whole... I mean, we can start every sentence with, yeah, and I'm sure you've heard blah, 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 nice. the thing. But, uh, I mean, God is omniscient, omnipotent, and omnipresent. So he knows everything, he can do anything, and he's everywhere. What's the one thing God does not have? And that's limitation. So in manifesting through each of our individual incarnations, we have limitation imposed on us yeah. so that when we go back into being the one we appreciate it because obviously right. like having non-stop ice cream without the context of first like not being able to eat it at all because not having ice cream for a year yeah yeah, yeah all that like then you appreciate it it's or, like can god make a stone so heavy he can't lift it yes because he could lift it but then he makes you who can't lift it uh-huh. so there, there he goes not lifting the rock yeah <laughs> through and what, you what were you saying the glass of water thing or something it reminded me of a sad guru quote where uh he said like if your bladder was really full right now and i'm up here talking about enlightenment do you give a shit that i'm talking about enlightenment no like bathroom is like just taking a piss is god to you and then afterwards after all your needs are met then you appreciate enlightenment and he says like stomach empty one problem stomach full 100 problem and 100 problem wait what does that mean Oh, because you have all these existential problems. Yeah, and I had to say it like him because he has that like Hindi accent or sure, something. Sure. So like it sounds better when he says it's hundred. Interesting problem. having the baby. Uh, I've noticed having one 
it's not a problem, but having one thing to focus on, it's actually been really nice. Yeah, you'd give it all up, I imagine. Like, before it was, like, you're just balancing, like, oh, TV career, like, oh, am I spending too much time on TV and not enough on stand-up? Yeah, and do yeah, I really yeah. just want to be known as a stand-up? What about... Blah, 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 blah? Now it's probably like, yeah, I'd give up all that shit for her to live an extra year. Right, if, exactly. Like, just all of it. It comes down to exactly. such a no-contest thing that it's, it's liberating. I said to Val, it's like... In Forrest Gump, where he gets the letter from Apple Computers, and he bought stock in it. So he has a billion dollars, basically. It's towards the end. Who cares? Why am I referencing Forrest Gump? I don't remember that part. It's towards the end. It's just sort of, it's for the people going like, yeah, but how's he making a living? Hmm. He puts, his friend put money in Apple Computers, and he goes, one less thing to worry about. That's his (laughs) attitude towards money. And I, I feel sort of like that's how our life is. We have this baby and everything just became like one less thing to worry about. You're that's so about awesome. Thing. And you guys seem like just such great parents for it. Like you communicate so much and it seems like you still genuinely like enjoy each other's company. I think that's and super, super, super huge. First of all, super kind of you to say. And let's not talk about this too much because I do want to introduce everybody to you. No. Nah. But, <laughs> but I will say that like... Val is amazing, and we feel like one thing. Let's talk, we can talk a little bit about psychedelics because it's actually one of the more long-lasting psychedelics. The baby is um, six days or seven days old. What's the date? There's no time. <laughs> I live outside of time. I think it's seven days because I think she, was she went into labor a week ago. Born on the 23rd, so 29, six days. So um, since the baby's been born... Val and I have been tripping out, literally tripping out, that we each we all feel like one thing. Not conceptually. When I lay down at night, I close my eyes, and I feel like I'm wearing a mascot outfit of the baby. <laughs> I feel like I'm moving like the baby. I feel like my face looks like the baby. When I kiss Valerie, I feel like I'm kissing the baby. When I kiss the baby, I feel like I'm kissing Valerie. I feel like I'm kissing myself. It's, it, it's totally beyond... Words. It's totally beyond words. That's really cool. But we're like, we're one thing. And when I say it to Valerie, she goes, I, I know exactly what you mean. She can't believe that we're having the same experience. And I think a lot of times, I'm not, not judging, but we're sort of looking to maintain ourselves, like especially men. I can speak from myself with dads that I've seen, dads that maybe I had. It's like, where am I in this situation? How many can, dads have you had? Just the one. Oh, okay. Just John. <laughs> but can this baby reflect back something to me? Oh, he, he looks like me, or, or he sounds like me, or he has my nose, or whatever. It's all this sort of like, can I use this baby as a mirror? But what we've done, what we've been able to do, what we've been fortunate to have happen is a dissolving of all identity. Yeah. <laughs> and, it's, and it feels like sitting with Ramdas. When I was sitting with Ramdas, it feels very similar to being with the baby. There's it's no, the same. It's the same love. It's this thing where you're just sort of like, oh, there's a place. And Val and I say it. We're in love. We're in love. It's not, I don't love the baby because she's good or because she's Her face sleeping. is, it correlates be, to this exactly. map of my face. Thus, Fuck it's more shit. survival and Darwin. And here's Richard Do Dawkins' book. And better. Do better. Do better. Love it just because it is love and your love. And it's luminous. I say to her sometimes, I'm like, you're luminous emptiness. And I look in her eyes and there's just, she's not this thing clamoring for an identity or trying yet. She will. She'll do it like we all did to define herself and impose herself and have that respected because it's real. This yeah. is around us. It's real, damn it. Respect my <laughs> fucking needs. I drink decaf, motherfucker. It's- but I'm a Harvard professor. Exactly. There's none of that. I have awareness and it sleeps on a pillow, and we kiss it. And, and when I kiss it, I feel like I'm kissing myself, and I feel like I'm kissing Valerie. And it's the trippiest. 
it's so familiar from my time in mushrooms, my time in meditation, and my time with Ramdas. But it's completely effortless, and it's not. I used to think like, oh, I need kind of what you were saying. I need to be well rested to meditate. I need to like have a meal or a snack. I need. I have all these needs. I was always doing sleep math. Yeah. If I go to bed now, I'll get seven and a half hours, which is scientifically optimal. There's none of it. We're outside of time. <laughs> We've left the system in the same way that like Shane, our friend Shane, like went a little too far with drugs. Oh and yeah, left. his passport's worn out. <laughs> Gotta get a new one. <laughs> Nowhere left to stamp on that boy. <laughs> but there are other ways that don't involve smoking or eating anything of leaving it. And then suddenly everything that was foreground becomes background. It's a beautiful background. That sounds so cool. It's amazing. And it's just always there. It's always there, yeah. And, yeah. It, and, and it's very... It's not like you can only access it from this point in time or 10 years from now or something. You should... Well, Val had one of those like... It's enlightenment, remembering that you are light, one yeah. of those things. And I'm not certainly not saying we're enlightened, but we went on a walk. Just by saying that, we're not. But if we stood here, if we sat here silently, then we would be. Well, that's, but that's, by saying, like, I'm not enlightened, or saying, I'm enlightened. That's why when you say, do you love not. Christ? I go, like, when you're on mushrooms and someone says, well, who's number one for you? Christ or Maharaji? I sometimes joke, Maharaj Jesus. <laughs> it's like you start to realize that that's like. Jeez, Karoli Baba. <laughs> Jeez, Karoli Baba is hilarious. Oh, man. You start realizing, like you talk about in, in a lot of your work, it's a paradox. That doesn't make any sense. Our brain wants to go, who's number one, who's number two? My dad wants to go, who's the best basket weaver in town? <laughs> and when you're in love, you go, I, I know, I have compassion for the part of us that wants to rank and know, and as Ramdas would say, and know that we know. I know and I know that I know. And I know who doesn't know, and that helps me know no, yeah. my knowing. <laughs> when you're in the heart space, everything is just gushy and warm and one thing. And it's not thinking about – I'm going on and on. It's not thinking about You just had the love. baby though. You got to. You're not thinking about love and you're not thinking about the baby even. You're not thinking this is the best. The thinking sort of stops. There's all these moments of like being – I know that's a cliche. When your daughter gets in trouble for doing something as a teenager, who knows what things they'll get in trouble for because it's moving so fast and it'll be all this technology. But she can use like this section of the podcast of like to not get in trouble. Like, hey, remember what you said? Well, when we named her Leela. Do you know what Leela means? Other than the, the Futurama thing, I'm afraid I don't. Leela. I used to be able to do that. <laughs> and it's not even spelled that way, but... L-I-L-A? No, the future oh, one is L-E. Yeah, but what does Leela mean? Leela means life, life is a Leela. Life is the divine dance, the play of God, basically. That's it's, a good name. It's like when you go around... Like Better than like Ralph around, or something. Yeah. <laughs> well, Ralph actually means the cosmic mystery. <laughs> <laughs> There's just no, no non-divine names. But when I went to visit... Around us, they had a dog named Leela. Oh, like, cool! And, I, and um, wait, that was that what sparked it? No, no. Okay. She we, she was named before. You're named after Rom D- Richard Alpert's dog. <laughs> <laughs> I love calling him Dick Alpert sometimes because he's I still in to there. Call him that. Oh, he wouldn't have flinched. That's you know, so someone fun. was telling me. Do you know Noah Lampert from the uh, Synchronicity podcast? He no. does like a lot of stuff for the Ramdas people, like their web stuff and stuff. But oh. he was describing. Oh, uh, getting to witness a very human moment because Ramdas is so larger than life, and he just caught him like with his helpers going, 
no, I don't want the beans. And like That's doing something great. like that. And he just loved that he got to witness a little spark of anger. I and- would collect those moments too. We were in a car together and we took a goofy left. He wasn't driving, obviously. <laughs> we took a left and we almost got in a car accident. And, he, and Val and I have been saying this to each other. He just went, Jesus. <laughs> and we have been saying Jesus to each other constantly. <laughs> but that's what it is. It's like what I what I enjoy about him is that there's no one of the things I didn't like about my own churching because I was a big part of this and I know that there are lovely Christian believing people that aren't this way. But I noticed that I was doing this was I was being phony holy. I was being friendly and nice. When you are one, when you're in tune with the one, you are friendly and nice. Yeah. Right? You know what I mean? That's the fruit of the tree. But what we would do, what I would do, let's leave everyone else out. I would pretend to have the fruit. I'd jump to the conclusion. I hadn't done the inner work that would make me equanimous. I was just pretending to be that way. Yeah. So I'd be like, hey, buddy. But in my mind, I was like, I want to titty fuck that You looked at the cream. back of the math book for the answer and like That's we're touting it. that around. But you didn't do that work where That's you got right. the proof of why. Because we just wanted it. And that's a very Western way of looking. We wanted salvation. We wanted Jesus in our hearts, and we wanted to be doing it right. Yeah. So we were going like, well, there, there might have been dozens of woke people in my church. I don't know. There probably were. And then the rest of us were doing impressions of them. And, and there's, we were, different, there's different like, angles at which you can uh, interpret wokeness, too. Like They might be woke on, on this dimension, right. and then they might not know. It's not like we all have a little piece of the puzzle that That's we could... Con- because there's some very backwards ideas in the church that I grew up about um, sexuality, homosexuality, not even just homosexuality, sexuality, just all of that. <laughs> like, yeah, it's all it's sort all of... Bad. I know we uh, Christians get a bad name for saying uh, homosexuality because it's in Leviticus is an abomination, but the church I grew up in, it's all an abomination. <laughs> like it's all fucking terrible unless you're doing it in this one circumstance. Was it a uh, Baptist or Catholic or what? It was you? non-denominational, non-denominational, which is really flavored, but it's l- low church. Is it's that the one with a lot church. of like music and dancing and the? No, that's Pentecostal. Oh, okay, and it's, is there any music and dancing? There's no dancing. Dancing isn't forbidden. That would be more of a Baptist thing. But the, you could dance if you wanted. Okay. You'd, you'd look weird, though. It's a New England. It's like a rich person's church. <laughs> <laughs> if you could go back to Jesus and go, one day there'll be a church in your name filled with rich people. <laughs> oh, man. Do that to, like, do that to anyone like uh, Abraham Lincoln. Show him a KFC ad where it's like, save $5 on the new bucket meal. And then it's an animated Abraham Lincoln Face. You're a mattress sale. <laughs> That's what you are. I forget who has that bit. So, anywho's a do you do that a lot? Like you, someone like because we know so many comics. Like, oh, someone has a bit of, and then you burn their bit on the thing. Like, who was that? Uh, who cares? And then I sort of I do notice that happens. Podcasts are a little bit. If you did that on stage, oh yeah, not on stage. Big no no. But on a podcast, you I hope. Who knows? Maybe the rules will change. But I just said like you're a mattress sale, and I was like, who does that bit? I think it's. I want to say Robert Klein, but it's like someone, it's like President's Day. It's the day of the presidents. And then you, in the future, it just becomes a mattress sale. Yeah. I have this thing where there's a billboard for crashing that I was so, that I was proud of. I was just going to back away. The one it. where you're like standing sideways and like your arms are up. Like, yeah, that like one. Like a big ass <laughs> smile. And then there's just chaos going on beside you. That was right by my house. Yeah, I've seen that. I love that. And then it came down and up went a billboard for four free cell phones. <laughs> and I had this real moment where it's like, I'm four free cell phones. <laughs> like, it's all, like, don't get, don't take yourself too seriously. 
Yeah, your last you're, incarnation, you were Pete Holmes on Crashing, and, and now you're a new incarnation <laughs> where you're actually four different incarnations of cell phones. <laughs> you take it to the next level, then I'll literally be four free cell phones. On the two-dimensional space that is that billboard. Right, right now, we're doing the same thing in three dimensions, which we're like, oh, three dimensions, this is it. But there's infinite Well, really, ways the, of the Pete Holmes that. on that billboard was stripped down and was most likely recycled, and now he's thousands of billboards. Oh, yeah. Like, that image is... Thousand. He's in the KFC ad with, That's with like, Abraham Lincoln. Uh, I'm a mattress ad. <laughs> Sorry, I got excited. And oh, maybe no. they used a printer, you know, in San Francisco, and some of your work was shredded and pulled. Oh, that'd be cool. If We're it one thing. We are we on got the some paper of it. level. <laughs> we have become one. It's like Mike Kaplan's bit about uh, all of us share atoms with. Uh, you know, Hitler or something. Yes. And then what was the, the bits like, oh, well, is that also with Mozart and Einstein? Like, nope, just Hitler. <laughs> Only one we have. That might not be their joke, That's but whatever. Shout out God. to just Hitler. Just trying to do the best I can. Oh, wow. Uh, whenever Mike's on here, he references me. So I That's right. would like to reference him. I also- he is my friend. Oh, my God. <laughs> Good thing we have the cans today. They're easier. Impressions are easier. Oh, you know what? Mine friends. aren't even on. I've just been... Uh, there you go. Yeah, they haven't been on the whole time, but we were just... Is we're, this you? Oh, yeah. Now I'm in here. But it was just such a good conversation that I didn't want to That's make hilarious. it about a tech talk thing. Do you it's ever like have having people... sex and you don't want to be like, that candle shouldn't be that close to a curtain. Yeah, it should be up my ass. Up my ass. <laughs> Get the ice cream. I'm in the mood for a tit wank. That's what the British just, call it. We just expand on it, on this like sexual fantasy of, of <laughs> ice, ice cream, cream tit fuck. With candle up ass. Well, you keep... you don't have to. This is much sure, so I'll annoying. Stick it up. Yeah. No. <laughs> you have. To... You want me to do Fonzie, huh? Okay, fine. <laughs> Henry Winkler didn't do Fonzie. I'll do Fonzie. He did it. He did a little bit. He didn't. Hey. He didn't lean into it. He went. Like I could tell, he was rolling his eyes a little bit. Like he wasn't. Hey. I'm telling you, he wasn't. wasn't? He okay. did it. It was his idea, hey. and he did it. And I feel like if you listen again, he did it at times when no one was asking him to. Oh, really? It was he just is a fun. nice guy. He is the opposite of. I mean, he's on that show with William Shatner and George Foreman, and uh, I don't know some other old rich guy. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, he talked about it on the podcast. It's him and, and Jeff Dye drives him around, and and Shatner doesn't sign any autographs, and he's just like, no, like, and maybe for a thousand dollars he'll sign an autograph and then gives that to charity. But Henry Winkler is just like, hey, <laughs> people want it, it makes them happy. Why not make people happy? Will come yeah. on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there, I love the Sarah Silverman bit that now I'm referencing. That's that's appropriate. Where she goes, don't, there's a little kid at a birthday, at a party, a grown-up party, and he's running around, and then his mom goes like, don't, don't, uh, he just wants attention, don't even give it to him. <laughs> she was like, give it to him. Yeah. The moments that I've had, we, I like to call it dipped in, when I'm dipped into the oneness, I go, why are we withhold, we all know what everyone else needs and wants, because it's what we need and want, and yet we don't, we put these paywalls in between each other. Yeah, like, for ourselves too. Like okay. we don't give ourselves what we want. That's we right. know we're supposed to wake up at this time, or we know we'll be happier if we work out, or we do this, or That's call right. that person back. We don't do it, and I I draw stuff about it and all that, and understand it on a like cognitive level, or whatever. But I'll still have hours. Well, I'll be sitting here because I can't I can't write that email because it right. has to do with money, and I don't know how much is in my account, and then I'll have to look at my account, and then that'll make me feel bad, which won't make me do the next thing, which won't. So uh, I'm just in this like uh, stalemate with myself that I can't. 
I can relate to, to the that. next thing. I, 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 Val and I will say my anxiety is pooling there. Like I'm taping a special for HBO November 3rd and 4th in Portland. Oh, cool. I believe tickets are still available. Where's it going to be filmed? Um, Portland, Oregon, at uh, the Aladdin. Oh, the Aladdin's so good. That would be a good, uh, a good venue for it. Yeah, too. I think so. I, I've done it one other time with Rob Bell, actually, and I'm going back to do stuff. At the Aladdin? Yeah. Oh, was that the last one? Uh, it was a couple of years ago. Oh, okay. But, um, there's this thought of like, what am I going to wear? It's so stupid. The last special I taped, we it's bought... It's important. It's, it's forever. Before Eddie Murphy would have the red you know, leather jacket or something, right. and now we just go up and just whatever we're wearing right now. And No, I know. But there's a message to that. Whatever you do sends a certain message. And if you're not... I was going to wear a suit. Um, You've never worn a suit on a special, right? But I didn't want to... Yeah, I, I talked to a lot of people about it, and I was like, I don't think so. It's just weird. I have a lot of jokes that are just like... And I don't want to be like dressed to the nines. <laughs> yeah. When I'm like, you ever see a hippopotamus sneeze? And he's like, and like why is this guy in a three piece? <laughs> well, so what's it come down to? Like flannel shirt, button up shirt, t-shirt. They're all, you, they're, it's all just which button up shirt do you want to wear? Last special I did, we literally the shirt I picked wasn't working for camera. So someone ran out and bought a shirt like at Old Navy or something. And I just wore that. So it doesn't matter. And that's, I know that on a cognitive level. It doesn't really matter. Nothing matters. Your being there and sharing with the viewers and with the people in the audience is what matters. Yeah. Your, your, your presence matters. Do you remember what Gary Shandling said to Seinfeld in that car on Seinfeld in Comedians in Car Getting Coffee where Seinfeld's like talking about some old Boston comic or something that's dead? And it's like, and all that material's just gone and... No one cares about it anymore, and it's just lost in the ether. <laughs> and then Gary's uh, telling him, like, his material and your material and my material are merely used as a vehicle for us to express our spirit, and that's it. And then yeah. Seinfeld's like, kind of like, oh, that's it? And he's like, that's, yeah. that's it? You just, want a donut? Yeah. <laughs> and I love because they loved each other, and they, they weren't actually arguing, but they would hold different spaces. Yeah. Gary holding the spiritual space, I'm, Seinfeld the... Because uh, that's what Seinfeld is. I think that's is. his practice, though. He, he used to be, or maybe he still is, I don't know, because he doesn't talk about it, Buddhist. He does it, transcendental meditation, right? Seinfeld? I don't, I think he, he all I know is he used to, I, I bet he still does. But I think he has like, I think his thing is like, who cares? Like, why are you thinking about yeah, it? Yeah, go back and watch it? Seinfeld, and it's so clear if people get mad at him for, like, let's take he was on, uh, he was on that new Letterman show on on Netflix, and Seinfeld, or Letterman asks him, uh, do you talk about Trump at all? And then he goes, no, I like to talk about raisins. And then he does a seven minute bit about raisinets, like just sitting there. And I'm like, that's wow. so Seinfeld. Yeah. He truly doesn't, he doesn't care what you think of him yeah. or anything. Well, that's he his wants, whole energy. Yeah. That's his whole energy. He's got good dad energy, which is just like, <laughs> and, and women can have dad energy too, which is just like, I'm pulling you out of school and we're talking about raisins. Yeah. Like, he's just like, I don't care. I know we're supposed to be in school talking about Trump. I want to talk about raisins. Oh, but let's see. I took us on a little trail here. What was the point of all that for, I know there's no point to anything about it. but the, well we were just saying your the shirt oh the shirt becomes yeah. the thing that i don't want to look at my email about because i know that there's an email with shirt options in it yeah they did and a study I guess, of i start worrying about it and then who, I, who I gets just to decide to i mean you get to decide, decide but, but is there like a director that's like get looks at you and goes like mm, pick I, the green one well at the end of the day it depends on what looks right with the background you know, the back of the theater wall. So I have to be like open. That's what happened last time. But it's not the shirt. And what you're afraid of isn't an email about money. 
you, you know, you, you go money and then you think about what, your account and your account might be low. And, and then it goes oh, it into is. like, <laughs> it goes into real basic stuff. It goes like survival and, and, and then like, you know, I'm not trying to force this like love and like, am I going to be safe? Am I going to be able to like feed myself? So it's like the shirt for me becomes, it's, it's nerve wracking to tape a special, even though I enjoy it. I have all these like mechanisms in my brain. I literally go, I don't have to tape an HBO special. I get to tape an HBO. And that works. Yeah. I sort of alchemize the energy there, but there's these little remnants and they come out when I go, what shirt am I going to wear? And I worry about that more than I ought to. And Is that picture, the main thing you worry about? Like you're not, are, are you are you so set on the material? Like I love that this is the hour, and I'm set on it. Or are you still like, oh man, that five minutes in there is kind of weak. Like I wonder if I have time to like get something I, new. Or I could be wrong. Watch me eat shit because I, I I really believe that, <laughs> is that like, the title of the special. <laughs> watch me eat shit. As soon as like stand up is such an interesting and elusive thing to me, and it's one of the reasons why I think people do 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 it <laughs> their whole lives. Is because like golf or racquetball or something, it's something that you can't really master. So if you ever start going like, it's about this, you're like due for a bomb. So with complete humility and respect for the stand-up gods, I don't think – Seinfeld is like a perfection guy. He's polishing. He's like, let's move this word, let's move this. I'm more in the Shandling camp where I'm like, it's, it's a vehicle. It's a it's an excuse to share a frequency together. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. It's not exactly. just me in the audience, me and the people watching at home. It's just we're not comfortable yet just sitting with each other. So I'm going to go out and I'm going to mask "I love you" in a bunch of jokes. That's beautiful, right? Yeah. And it, does it matter that there's a lull or my last? I'm very proud of my last special. There are a couple bits in there where I'm like. Even though I did them hundreds of times, or maybe I did only did it ten times or five times or twice that are in the special, I'm like, yeah, if I had like put that on a whiteboard and got some friends to come and let's bounce it around, kick it around, really work on it like like arithmetic, I could have found another area there. But I really think it's an excuse. It's it's like we just want to share time together <laughs> yeah like jack cornfield says you know i think we were all together in the big bang and we just miss each other i love that and we're coming back together sometimes but literally we we were oh yeah like yeah on an actual <laughs> material materials level, level that yeah. is true do you know what i tell people right i figured this out for myself and then i tell people because my friend uh Cameron Fielder, he was on my podcast, and we like to talk about all What's the... What's the name of it, Modest Remy? Oh, Rainbow Brain Skull. Thank you, Modest It's on Spot- Rainbow Brain Skull on Spotify, iTunes. Uh, check Don't it out. Tell people. They're, They're already listening to a oh, podcast. Okay. Now I'm doing Seinfeld. Oh, okay. They're already listening to a podcast. <laughs> Don't tell them how to get a podcast. <laughs> but so Cameron was saying, like, we, we have discussions about, you know, it's all one, and he's like... Yeah, all that it's all one thing. It just I don't know, it just doesn't do anything with me. Like and then I so it forced me to think about why is it good that we're all one? Why should that make you feel good? And I was thinking about it. It's like if your pinky toe was going to get cut off, you wouldn't be happy about that. You do everything you can to save your pinky toe even though it's it's so small. You never think about it. You don't even really use it right. when you're walking. But it's part of you. You want to keep it. So if it's all one thing, then the universe is looking out for you, even though you're just a little, little tiny thing, because it's part of the whole system. And the whole system is not stupid. I don't know exactly what the intelligence structure is that we're all still figuring that out. But 
it's absurd to think of it yeah. as the whole thing is stupid. Then we have us who are smart sometimes because of random chance, and then we disappear, and that's the whole. I completely whole thing. agree. Yeah, I completely agree. That's very very interesting. Uh, Alan Watts has this great quote where he says, "Like to the philosophers that say the universe is meaningless, they so seldomly acknowledge that their statement that the universe is meaningless <laughs> is part of a meaningless universe." Yeah. <laughs> so if it's meaningless, they're part of it, and their declaration that it's meaningless is also meaningless. But we do have this like. And this sort of confidence and this cockiness gets us beautiful things, Wi-Fi and cars and skyscrapers yeah. and stuff. Skyscrapers, we- women, and cars. <laughs> That's the name of this podcast now. <laughs> but we, we seem to sometimes lack that perspective of like we're part of it analyzing it. Mm-hmm. We can't separate ourselves enough. Science knows you know, we want to have control and we want to have blind studies and all these things. And I, I bow to it and it's amazing and it's a real powerful thing and, a, and a, an important thing. But really, you, can't, you can have a very powerful telescope. It's still a piece of the thing looking through the telescope. Yeah. And, and physics is helping us understand that this is changing everything that's going on. It's being changed by what's witnessing it. It's beautiful. Reality is starting to blur. And uh, this is, do you know Michael Garfield? He has this thing where he says the, the future is indistinguishable from magic. And he, <laughs> he's, he's just so good at articulating. Like he's writing a book right now about the next, uh, you know, 10, 20 years or something or what the future looks like. And wow. it, it, it talks about everything, like how uh, it's not out yet, but sometimes he releases it on his podcast, Future Fossils. It's like my favorite podcast. And uh, talks about how, you know, audio is being able to be synthesized completely and same with video. And so we're going to have our dead relatives trying to sell us toothpaste and ads and stuff like that. No. And just all of it is going to happen. <laughs> and it's anything, anything real, including history, is going to become very blurry, like in probably our lifetime as it we're looking back. It already is. Yeah. It, but I no, think, I mean completely blurry. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. not like, oh, that almost looks like it's Obama talking, but it's, we can tell it's kind of computerized there's no way you're going to be able to tell what actually happened and what didn't so it's going to be very personal to you what history is and what actual history was that's that movie they remade it it starts with an s george clooney it's in space uh, it doesn't. Oh, Clooney in space. Clooney in space. It doesn't start with an S. It's, it's, it's no, no, no. It's space, oh, oh, comma gra- with Clooney. Gravity. No, <laughs> no, not gravity. Although he is in that. Good pull. Were you talking about McConaughey, this, Interstellar? No, it's called like Ceres. It's not Syriana. I'm so tired. It's it's it doesn't matter. It's it's a movie. Katie's going to do it. It's a movie from the '60s that they remade with Clooney. And the idea is he goes to the space station. There's an SOS coming from the space station. And when you board this space station, everyone's going insane because the man, their minds are manifesting in these very troubling ways. So whatever you bring on board starts to fuck with you, basically. Not, oh. not ghosts, but it's almost like this reality where... Your manifestation is happening in real time as opposed to now where we have to really focus with intention right. to make things happen. Instead of you being haunted by an ex-girlfriend, she just walks in and goes like, you, you broke my heart or whatever. Solaris. Solaris, thank you. I believe that's it. Oh, thank I need you. to see that. I like that. So in the, one of my favorite books of all time, even though I make television and enjoy television, is... Uh, the Four Arguments for the Elimination of Television. It's not about television. It's about awareness. It's about transcendence. It's one of the best books I've ever read. What are the arguments? It would take too long. And Wait, they don't have them in condensed form? It's not even like that. It was written oh, in the... That always gets me when it's like 15 things to blah, 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 and then it doesn't give me the list, and I'm like having to read it. Unfortunately, I read it uh, so long ago, and I'm, 
I'm going to say it again. I'm so tired. <laughs> I give you, I give you, uh, you this, is, this is permission to be like Thank completely you. silly and ridiculous, even though you're tired. It's, it's, an, <laughs> it's, it's a, permission and it's an achievement. Cause I know you like oh. achievement. You know what? Speaking of that, I think about. Thank you. I'm going to wear it. I think about how the CIA could. Make, <laughs> it looks so good on you with the purple. It? It looks right. I just gave Pete a green coaster, and it goes perfectly with his purple maroon shirt. You should wear that on the special. I think. Oh my God! We found the outfit. He wore a coaster, and I don't even. Pin, uh, I mean, pin no it one on. did that before him. Like, if you look back at ah! early specials, he was really the first guy to do that. Oh my! God. And it doesn't. It doesn't stand up now. I know. <laughs> Some of the stuff he said about black people just doesn't oh, hold up anymore. But, my God. but the coaster. Oh my God. So he says Solaris is basically what TV, somehow he ties it into TV. What I'm saying is technology is going to become like this thing, this unregulated space of, of all of our subconsciouses like bombarding us. Yeah. Is what I'm it's like this un, the human psyche is very powerful and like letting it off its leash. It's the most powerful thing. It's the most powerful thing. And that's why it kind of goes back to people watching gay porn, even though they're not gay. It's like it's, it, we're dealing with our shadow. We're dealing with dead relatives. We're dealing with heartbreak. It's all this mess. And we, start, we keep pushing it out there. Like this podcast, I was going to say, the CIA or the FBI could make a, a profile of me and know how to break me. So easily because of this podcast. Yeah. They'd be like, well, he doesn't like to be ignored. Let's just isolate him. You know or they I mean? could like, probably just laser our heads off from a satellite or something. <laughs> Who knows where they're at? When, when people get all about like, oh, we need our guns to protect against the government. It's, yeah. it's over. They've already got whatever thing, That's better technology so... than whatever gun you can buy it. There is at a laser trained on your head right now. Or that they can stop so your funny. heart with sound. There's all kinds of crazy military technology yeah. that... I'm not even that huge into the... Because the conspiracy rabbit hole, you can just go down forever and you never really know what's true. I have it on... uh, I don't know how to say this. I've heard that they, they, they can make bugs. Like, but uh, this sounds like this like viruses, like or you in, mean little nanobots that like nanobots like flies that, that are look, robots that yeah, like in what's it, Black Mirror with the bees that they can make fireflies and they can make bees and things Probably. that like can let's say there's a group of loitering teens they can bother them with pests. It seems so stupid. Do you ever hear about the high frequency thing they do at malls where they play a very very high pitched thing that only people under eighteen can hear, so it stops teens from loitering around the no. gap or whatever? Shut up. Uh-huh. Really? Yeah, you don't hear it when you're an adult, but when you're a kid, it's like they don't even know why they don't want to stand there. Just wow, <laughs> <laughs> they got them, and but, that's old. You know, we know that like casinos, they pump in oxygen. Like we just love that. We're just like, they, oh, I didn't they know that. That's oxygen. cool. So you stay gambling longer, or there's no clocks or windows, so you lose sense of time. Yeah, and you gamble free drink, so free you're drinks. less inhibited. I was just thinking about how, like, the Amazon cart button. How is that different? And I, especially with a baby, we've been ordering so much stuff on Amazon, just constant, just like an overflow of boxes in, yeah. our, in our house. And you do you do like really well, right? Like, I got to make it weird for a second. I'm not asking like how much money is in your bank account, yeah. but you you like. You're you're in a well off like place, right? You're not like, oh, can we afford to buy that thing? You can just probably like go like, well, no, a, let's get her. I love the question baby. is, it, it, your your life changes, and I I think Dax and I even talked about this. I think it's fifty thousand dollars. Seventy, once, I think. Seventy. Once yeah. you have seventy thousand dollars, that's the same. Not not uh, savings that you need for college. You if you have seventy free thousand dollars, they're free. You start. Steve Martin writes about it in his book. I thought he did it very born easy. standing up. Yeah. 
he says, I stopped looking at prices in restaurants. I sometimes say to Val, I'm like, the way money, having more money, changed our lives is very subtle. Number one is travel. You start traveling better. Ooh. And that's actually the, the best thing. I'm, I'm seven feet tall. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you start going like, I, I was on enough middle seats flying to Des Moines. We're going to start getting the economy plus or maybe get first class, everyone, whatever it is. Um, and then the other thing is if you <laughs> – I think this one's kind of funny. If you own a DVD – but you don't want to get up, you buy it on iTunes. <laughs> that is like what, or if there's like any. And you rationalize it, you're like, I'm giving them more money. I'm supporting the studio and they're probably That's getting pirated so anyway. So funny. I'm giving a donation of $10 or whatever That's, to the studio. I bet I would think something like that. And you start like any problem that could be solved. This is good money. There's so people, there are people that are like, I think money is great for solving problems, right? Yeah. And when Val, if Val, what, I don't, I'm bringing Val in because I love her. Yeah, so she's not she, here. She would have like been part of it anyway. She would have. If she broke, let's say she broke something. She's not a break something person. But if she does, there's a great feeling of we'll buy another one. We'll get another one. Or we'll buy a used one or whatever it is. Or, like it just kind of, like Forrest Gump, one less thing to worry about. Instead of becoming your god and going, how do I move these funds around and I'm going to get this vacation house and all these things you don't fucking need. I have the same clothes I've had for five years, the same shoes I've had for five years. But we got like a, mo- a pretty modest car. It's nice, but it's not like fucking Tesla or anything. Oh, man, you should get, like, I was just thinking get about getting shoes. No, who cares about <laughs> Tesla? Or, I don't know, Teslas are maybe cool. But the new shoes, I bet you'll be like, oh, I'm so glad I got these new shoes. You'll feel a bounce in your, just any new shoes. Like, it's been five years, you should get some new shoes. That's very interesting. I love getting new shoes. It's a, it's a great time. And, and I'm not a sneakerhead or anything that has, like, a hundred shoes that I don't wear. I just like, oh, yeah, they're new. And I, I forgot how bouncy they were. I the know traction is back. You just turn, you turn back, and I'm already wearing shoes. <laughs> that was a great Jeff Bezos could do that for us. It's happening. <laughs> Have you seen the Google? Like, I used it on our emails back and forth a little bit, the predictive sentence on Gmail. Oh, I updated my Gmail. I yeah. love it. Isn't that crazy? It's been working. Yeah. I'll, I think one of my emails to you, Katie, was predictive. I just hit tab, and it was like, thanks sounds, so much for all of this. Sounds good. <laughs> awesome. All, all those ones. It's in, integrating. I wonder how that Me. language is going to change. Like, is there going to be slang? there that doesn't exist yet but becomes normal in seven years that we'll just have automated to it because like the computer will make us start using using it or we Not start make using us, and it but, so like you're replying to someone's email and you've got three options there's one that says sounds good it's a, another one says awesome thanks the other one goes like fine by me whatever those three yeah, yeah. but things like awesome that might have been weird to send in the 40s to say awesome of course or saying like awesome was something you only said when you or like, saying, saw a mountain in the sunrise or saying yeah <laughs> awesome <laughs> now we're like oh man they gave me two olives awesome <laughs> and then uh just or saying stuff like yo sup that kind of thing like right. that would have been seen as very like oh i totally understand yeah, what you mean but now it's not appropriation anymore because it's been it's so anyone could say what's up now right but before i've been like you can't say what my up. mom said nothing but a g thing she <laughs> said it just the other day it was really weird and she actually meant some fucked up like kind of no, i'm just kidding oh. i can't follow that bit further um what was i saying oh, predictive okay. text oh we had a sketch idea we still might do it orin and i orin brimmer had for a, what is it called the polite filter so a guy's on the phone and he's like, God damn it, I'm in fucking traffic and I'll be home when I'm home. And it filters and his wife hears, hello, honey. I'm so sorry for the delay. I'll be there as soon as I can, my sweetheart. You know what I mean? Because I think these emails, these things will start making politeness less relevant. 
You know what I mean? Like giving someone a gift used to mean more, obviously. Because it, was, it wasn't just this thing. It was I went to a specialty store. I got it. I wrapped it. Now you can buy it. And yeah, have it be I learned what your birthday was from Facebook, and exactly. then I then I looked up what you wanted from Amazon, That's and right. so I didn't really do any There's of nothing. the work. I just That's did a I'm little saying. bit of research. The gift used to be an excuse for what I'm saying, to share presents, to share love. And now it's just, I got you more things because we're consumers, and you, don't you love consuming yeah. like I do? And you go, I do, and you take it, and then it's gone. We forget. So in a similar way, if these apps keep adding our pleases and our thank yous, they sort of become irrelevant or exclamation points or, you know what I mean? We get uh, acclimated to the politeness. That's right. Yeah. And it's meaningless because a computer said, don't you mean very truly yours? Like Ralph Waldo Emerson would pan a letter. And if he wrote very truly yours, that was third base to them. <laughs> you know what I mean, it was like, he wrote very truly yours in ink with a yeah. quill. And now a computer is going like with heartfelt thanks. You know what I mean? It's like, um, her, the Joaquin Phoenix, the Spike Jones movie, yeah, yeah. where he's writing letters for people. I mean, that's going to happen. What oh, else yeah. is and, it, and it's going to be gone before we don't e- before we even know it. I think the the way in which everything's accelerating, it's just I'm, I'm not one of those. It's it's all over people, but it's over <laughs> in that the way we're looking at it, like it's it's going to it's change very drastically. It's a huge shift. And I think it's good. I think a lot of stuff is being revealed, and I don't think there's going to be secrets anymore. And yeah. That's interesting. Uh, but uh, it's hard to find – what I notice is meaning. And I texted Shane. I was like, what should I ask for mean about? And he was like, meaning is a big one for you finding meaning. Meaning? Shane, what were you thinking? What, were you, <laughs> what did you mean? But the idea that it's like we, we – it used to be, I think – I did a monologue in the Pete Holmes show. We did called um, Better Than Pharaohs or something. Better Than Pharaohs? Like Egyptian pharaohs? Yes, meaning the life of even a middle class or low. Your life is better than a pharaoh. I like that a lot. I think about that all the time. I I have a cue card from it in my office that says, and pharaohs could forget about substitutions. It's the idea that if you ordered something and you wanted like lima beans instead of, or like, you know, can I get Brussels sprouts instead of French fries? They couldn't do it. Like pharaohs got what they had. Can I get not rotten meat? Sorry. (laughs) So what we're learning now with more people, I think I'm an optimist and I think I feel a benevolence. (laughs) Like that's one of the fundamental Einstein had that question. Is the universe benevolent? I'm a benevolent leaning person. But I think one of the kind of glorious things that's happened with all this impulse um, uh, gratification is that people, it used to be that Pharaoh might have a dark night of the soul and go, Jesus Christ, I'm fucking Pharaoh and I'm still going to die and I still sometimes feel lonely and I don't know what all this collecting is for or whatever it might be. So it used to just be Pharaohs. Now almost a very large swath of of Americans, I can't speak for other places, but certainly the Western world, understands now streaming, mm-hmm. all the music, all the TV, um, move up a little bit in finances. You can at least get food. You can get, like, delivery. It doesn't have to be, like, fancy stuff. But yeah. You can get Chinese food now. And that's just with consumption. Like, think of creativity, too. Look at how Instagram made people better photographers. Not that everyone on Instagram is a great photographer, but it taught people about saturation, yeah. sharpness, contrast, <laughs> vignette, all these terms that photographers knew. Now it's just someone with Instagram, like, yeah, I know sharpness. I know, yeah. like, I know how to edit photos. Radio show, you had to be a top performer and 
male to have a radio show like 50 years ago. Now everyone has a radio show. Right. Photographs, that's someone that rich people had. Portrait of you. Everything is now something that's that... That's right. Like you can have something that... Let me get that, the hound dog exactly. and my gun and I'll pose in my tweed jacket. You can have all jacket. of it. Cost of entry is nothing. So we're all becoming Pharaohs. one. Yeah. We're all and, becoming one. And I think but that... But we're all realizing at the end of it, I think that there's still something more. But keep going. Oh, yeah. Of course, there's always we're fe- more. But there's we're- infinite expansion into, <laughs> into the present everlasting now. But that's what I think is one of my big fascinations is getting... Talk about, like, okay, if I can't find a DVD, I buy it on iTunes. Or if I don't want to get up, I buy it on iTunes. Sure. Well done, Pete. You just jizzed in your pants. <laughs> Good for you. But then, like, you realize that it's all... It's written on running water. It's all slipping away. It's like, what movie was I buying a year ago? Like, I can't, it's all, so what is going on? And if you start to feel, and this is a big thing for me, a malaise, it's not a bad thing that you should treat necessarily with alcohol or drugs or uh, meds or whatever it is, that you might want to respect that deficit and say, well, what is going on? Because when we are quiet, when I'm with my baby, when I'm with Ramdas, when I'm with you, you can tap like, into. It sounded something. like you were t- calling Ramdas your baby. Like when I'm uh, with my baby, when I'm with Ramdas. That is what I meant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can tap into a, a field, a place, a frequency, a, a space that is so much more valuable than an Amazon package getting tossed on, yeah. your, on your front step. And by getting like there's so Dax and I talked about this. It's like you won't be happy with a million dollars. Well, fuck you. I'd like to find out. Well, I think that number might be lower. You're not going to be happy because a millionaire in the 70s, you're doing like you can get more. He didn't have all the music. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, if he had 100 records, that was crazy. Yeah. So you, you're you doing better than a millionaire in the 70s. Yeah, it's comparison to the neighbor, you know, right. coveting thy neighbor's stuff. Right. Right. Is right. it just wife or is it everything? It's Covet thy neighbor's everything. Which is one of the more interesting commandments because it's the only one about your internal world. Ah. Very revolutionary. All the other ones are obvious things, but coveting is something that you do in your heart. Yeah. So that was pretty... The Jews, you know... There's a reason why that religion was sort of like, oh, fuck! Because there was (laughs) like... There were other ones. (laughs) Do you get deep into the history of it? Or, I mean, that's just irrelevant. How... Earth elephant? No, not earth elephant. It's it's ear elephant. That's a great That's a great great cartoon. Yeah, earth irrelevant. The irrelevant earth elephant. Ear elephant, earth elephant. Ear elephant. Ear elephant... Earth elephant. <laughs> ear elephant, ear elephant. It's a good podcast name. Oh, but just how, I don't even know if that's interesting to go enough, because you can just look at YouTube videos of it, but just how early Christianity was a mushroom cult and like just all these. That's McKenna, right? That Jesus was a mushroom? I, yeah, probably. It does sound like something McKenna but would say. It's all... He was a mushroom. <laughs> and when you take Christ, you become Christ. Right. Eating his body. Eating, his but that's what body. they called the mushrooms in South America: was flesh of the gods. Yeah, which is crazy. You know, removed from Christianity, there they were eating the body of gods and becoming gods, which is also the story of Adam and Eve eating the apple, obviously, and becoming like God. Or the bread, like something with the bread symbolizes the eating of the mushroom. I don't know. I'm talking about it in my ass here. I should just look it up. Well, it's a safe place. I oh, know. Okay. I know people are listening, but it's just us. <laughs> <laughs> we can be wrong. It's fine. I actually think being wrong is important. It is, because there's no, there's no other way you can be, and you're only wrong from another angle at which you're looking at it, right? That's right. It's that whole, 
we've we've seen that that video or picture of the cylinder and then the light is shining on it from one angle and it projects a shadow of a circle on the wall but then when you're aiming the light at the other side of the cylinder it presents a rectangle at right. the wall so it's truth and it's just from whatever angle and there's no limit to angles at which you can observe that's something right. well that's that's what i think is so sort of missing from the western conversation about reality is paradox and is you write you draw about this or you create about this is the idea that two things can be true at the same time it's something that when you're on mushrooms or or in that space some other way yeah like having a baby or being in love or whatever it is or looking at a sunset who gives a fuck swimming <laughs> in the ocean you get there and you get this little glimpse that Jack Cornfield is talking about when we were in the big bang where you're like oh that's just the wrong perspective is it this one or this one is just sort of that's all brain stuff and the brain really wants you to rub its clit and go yeah. oh brain clit <laughs> The and brain likes what to cut want. things in half and just make sense of its component parts That's and right. see what it does. That's right. Yeah. And then there's heart that goes, both of these are true. Like I, It's not that this is that great, but on stage I've been going, who believes in an afterlife? Who believes in an afterlife? People clap. Who believes? They don't believe it, but they're open to it. And they clap. And then I go, who thinks you just unplug the TV and it's over? And they clap. And I go, I think you're all right. <laughs> and I don't go any further. And I'm not saying that's like genius or anything, but I like being in a position of authority on stage, amplified in lights, and just say something that's like, that's fucking weird. But I think that's important. Is, yeah, is, they wouldn't have thought about it otherwise. Some of them might have, but it brings it to the forefront. The idea that all of those things can be true. Yeah. But, um, well, the, the weird thing about the. The you know people say I think you're just your lights go out and then then it's just black and they're just using black as like that's that's nothingness but black is not nothingness nothingness right. is like Arya Stark says like nothing isn't better or worse than anything it's just nothing and awareness this is an Alan Watts line that awareness can't be aware of not being an awareness awareness is. And so there's the whole thing, and then after there was the infinite whole, the next thing to come into be was division. The, the biggest joke in the whole universe is two, because it's one whole thing. <laughs> they talk about this in the, in the law of one, like the, the word many. Many like, is a finite concept. Infinity is not many. Infinity is bleh, the whole thing. Yeah. Many is like, even if it's trillion, 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 it's limited. You're putting a boundary mm. around it. Mm. And infinity is the whole, 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 whole. Never ending. Something you can't really yeah. wrap your brain and, around. And that's the nasty infinity. Because, you know, in mathematics, there's the two types of infinity. There's, like, infinite numbers between 1 and 2. Because there's 1, 1.1, 1.11, 1.11, 1.1, 1.1, 1.1. And you right. can just do that forever. And that's a, a bounded infinity. But the nasty infinity is an infinity of infinite amount of infinity. So that's just... <laughs> at that point, it's all everything goes out the window. Anything can be but and not be. Sound, like, when I picture that, like, if I picture a 1... In like a green old school computer one mm -hmm. made of green lines, and then I and then there's two, three, four, five go things this way and this way away from it around in every direction. Pretty soon it's all just green. You know what I mean? What I'm saying is that helps me sort of understand. Shane had that trip where he was like, it's all math, and that like every time the math uh, can't changes, I would go <laughs> back in time. <laughs> And this lady was <laughs> telling me lady? that she missed me and that we were supposed to be together and that 
I'm still there, but I'm not. And other people were telling me about her, even though I hadn't told them about her. But it's probably all just my brain and just yeah. doing it. He, Shane will describe like the most outlandish, like crazy, surreal yes. thing. And someone else who wasn't even connected to the story like has right. a weird synchronicity. But he's still like that because that's just who he is. He right. has to be that skeptic. Right. Like he still holds there on to like, but it still might just be my brain doing tricks on me. There would have been four kings that visited baby jesus but one of them was a shame <laughs> it was like i saw an angel and he said the messiah was here but then i just was like i gotta feed these fucking goats <laughs> and then he walked up but he changed a little bit anyway he said oh, yeah. that like how could he not man i know how, i love him that every time there was a remainder in the math now this makes sense but he was looking at a table with all this math on it infinite math and anytime the math didn't quite add up there was a remainder and that remainder was like universe <laughs> and then the universe sort of like ground itself out I don't even know if that's what he was saying that's how I, I yeah we could envision it like a branch of a tree like it's like okay a tree is going up uh oh there's nowhere to put these particles of tree must branch out this yeah. way and then that happens again and again and again right. and what's cool about that is is like, look at all those trees outside. There's not a single leaf that's identical to any other leaf in yeah. anywhere. And there's not a single anything even deeper in that's exactly yeah. the same yeah. as anything. Everything right. is that like snowflake. Yeah, why do snowflakes get all the credit? Nothing is the same. Yeah. They're just the first to are get like it. snowflakes. Everything's like motherfucking snowflakes. It's like a scientist that first discovers a thing, and then it's like, okay, this is the Schwarzschild atom because I'm the first ah, person to because he yeah. named it. And the snowflake people have good PR. Uh-huh. But when I picture that one in the, the infinite best, Jerry. things, one of the ways that Ramdas explains um, reality is he's like, if you could just picture a unit of energy, we know about quarks, we know about um, neutrons and atoms, all this stuff. Very tired. Uh, almost to 11 or more points. I know the coaster I'm going to put it on. Um, he's like, if you can picture something even smaller than all that stuff and just like a green mist and it's, it's all through and within and making up every single thing, that's like a mushroom trip that you can just have with your mind. You can just look around like, and then go, what isn't, what isn't God? Like I was trying to meditate today because, again, tired. And... Um, my neighbor, she's an artist. Was How do you distinguish trying to meditate from meditation? I just was. Yeah, <laughs> That's a good point. But I was meditating, but she was drilling something. And you just go like, the drilling is gone. My annoyance is gone. My wishing that this was going better was gone. The flare-up of adrenaline that goes back to my childhood when my parents would argue so loud noises mean not being safe is gone. Yeah. It's like, this is how you get those dudes in India that live in the jungle. They go, well, what about tigers? They're like, well, the t- I'm God. The tiger is God. My fear is God. You know, uh, I, I can hear people, I can feel people going like, that's very nice until that God eats you. Yeah. But, but this is what on, an, on another level, like, we don't know how so much of, uh, I mean, again, talking out of my ass, but it's not out of the realm of possibility. There's There's all kinds of yogis that can charm snakes and stuff, and the snakes are doing what they say, not everything like they're going to go and buy them cigarettes from right. the convenience store, but right. just like, it's not biting you. We can do that with other animals too. Like if they're not just ravenous and in that state, I think that just by projecting that fear, it threatens them. So they're trying to protect their babies. I don't think tigers right. are like, yes, human meat, that stuff's delicious. It right. tastes good. It doesn't have weird food in it. And right. That, well, it that happened when you came in with the dog. Yeah. It's again, Ram Dass, I'm just going to just assume every third thing I'm saying is Ram Dass. Yeah. Why not? Is um, Richard Alpert, Dick Alpert, Dick Al- old yeah. Dick Alpert. Would, <laughs> old Dick. Would, Alpert. 
one of his first teachings was Snakes No Heart, which I still think is a great band name. K-N-O-W, Snakes No Heart. And you come in and the dog is sensing your energy. And babies sense energy. Birds and cats, all these things are sensing energy. So I'm completely with you. I don't think a lion is like, pay dirt, an American? Yeah. I think they're, they're – it's that – I know Louis is a piece of shit for certain things. Louis C.K. or just Louis Katz or what? Oh, I, I meant Anderson. <laughs> oh, Anderson. <laughs> I'm Louis Anderson. A great episode if you haven't heard it. He was one of my faves. Someone was doing a thing like, I think it was Bob Saget. I don't know Bob Saget. I just got to sit next to him back at the now dead meltdown comics yeah. uh, during, oh man, I wish there was a camera there. It was Andy Kindler particular show with... Uh, Marin was there, Kindler and Bob Saget and Zach Galifianakis, and they were all just ripping on each other, and I was just sitting on the couch observing it. But Bob Saget was saying something about they used to do a bit of like guess if it was Gary Shandling, Louis Anderson, or Mitzi Shore, and it was all just I can't. That's hilarious. And that didn't sound like any of them. My Louis was always don't wake up a guy napping on an ironing board. <laughs> oh, but who's a piece of shit? Anderson. Well, Louis obviously uh, has done bad things. Which right? one? Seekly. Again, Anderson. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Louis C.K. But he has that bit about. Lions, I think it's a very profound bit where he goes, um, Lions go, a gazelle or somebody, it doesn't matter, I forget how he sets it up, but it's like someone's trying to explain to a lion what a, what a human is. So let's say a deer, I don't know why a deer and a lion are hanging out, but he's like, you know, they're those things, they take pictures and they come over, they try to get close and they're always kind of smiling and they pose with us and stuff. And then the lion's like, what? What are you talking about? And then eventually the lion goes like, oh, those things that scream and run away. <laughs> and I was like, oh, shit. That's, that's a joke about a very profound thing that you, your desire system and your experience and all these things, the things that are inside of you change how you look at the world. Yeah. Like when you're hungry around us, you see restaurants. When you're horny, you see tits. When your car is making a bad sound, you, you see, see mechanics. Yeah. You see tits and yeah. mechanics. <laughs> mechanics with tits. Ice cream tits, titty puck. And then I just pass out. Listen. Um, one of the things we were saying, though, about all this like meaning and stuff, I forget how this came up. Because Shane said to ask about meaning. Yeah, but like we talk about these things working out things, this idea of karma, right? That we're here and we're working out what we're here to do. That you're here as Ramin and I'm here as Pete and she's here as Katie and we're all doing our thing, right? And um, until we drop the body. But what's interesting is your death is part of that. We always look at death as like this interruption. Like I'm here doing work. We like that. Yeah. The Western mind likes that. I'm here. It's not meaningless. I'm doing work. My soul has to learn something. Yeah, getting shit done. And it's getting producing. shit done and it's producing. So I'm inching closer towards enlightenment. The ultimate Amazon package is going to be here. I'm going to open it. It's just light like Pulp Fiction. It shines on my <laughs> face and I float away. Beautiful. I, I'm going to prime that shit. Um, but I'm going to do the save $5, no rush shit. Uh, Have you done that? That's a thing you've probably never tried. <laughs> you, they give you like $5 credit if you pick no rush or sometimes it's five, sometimes it's one dollar. But if it's like you don't care when you get it, get it a month from now, we'll give you two dollars off. We'll give really? you five dollars off. And sometimes, I dare say, it I indulge. I, in, oh. I indulge. In and the, it still comes soon. Oh yeah, it's like in two weeks or something. Really? Yeah, it's pretty cool. That is pretty cool. Um, 
They're going for the whole thing. It's over. People that are like, I don't like that Amazon is buying Whole Foods. I don't like that it's a wrap, guys. It's done. <laughs> Technology won. It's a Ride wrap. the wave or get crushed by the rocks. <laughs> and I don't mean you have to go buy whatever tacky Google Glass thing they try to sell us. Like, we still get to have that, and which is very cool that we got to show Google Glass, like, no, we'll do it contacts or something, but those things, uh-uh. We're not, we're not getting on board with hilarious. that. Or so I kind of thought it would. You thought it would catch on? I thought people were going to see no, it. I don't wearable know why they made them weird, man. I don't know why they didn't make them look good. Why they didn't? Because Google is a company of engineers. They're not. They're not slick, chic like, like Apple. Apple. Yeah. Have you heard the Four Horsemen thing? I talk about it on my podcast a lot. The Four no. Horsemen of the Apocalypse. Apocalypse meaning big change, not necessarily death of everything. But the Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse are uh, uh, Google, Facebook, Amazon, and Apple. And uh, each one has to tap into a certain organ. Otherwise, they couldn't have grown to become trillion-dollar companies. So Google acts on the brain, your thoughts. It's like, okay, what do I want to know? Everything you want to know is Google. You go to Google for what you know. Facebook, Instagram, that, like, I mean, Facebook owns Instagram. But Facebook is the heart. You literally are sending hearts to people on the thing. You're and keeping in touch with there's humans. There's living you know? Facebook pages for dead people. Yeah, they're still in there, still in your heart. Uh, Amazon taps into the gut, which is like ordering more. Like that's your gut talking to you because there's no penalty evolutionarily for having too much. There is penalty for not having enough food. But if you have too much food, that's fine. Just so it's tapping into that. Like, okay, I need more gut. And then Apple, this is kind of a stretch, but I like it. But Apple is the gonads because it's the slick, chic status symbol uh, yeah. looking, it's looking sexy, good one. slick phallus. Yeah. Yeah. Or the nuts. Yeah. So sure. that's the one I forget who talks about it. I just gave his thing away and then it's like, who's the guy that talked about it? Whatever. Some Ted talk about a guy talking Post about meaning. That. Yeah. And we don't care. Yeah. Was that a digital Obama or was that really Obama? We don't care. Yeah. doesn't matter. It's the lesson that's We important. used to be so disturbed by like Fred Astaire dancing with a mop. And now, now we're just driving towards like, who cares? <laughs> it happened quick, didn't it? But you know, it's interesting. Post meaning is a Buddhist thing. The, the letting go of your attachment to knowing what's real, what really happened. It's, it's sort of, it's not the most fulfilling thought experiment, but being like, prove this morning happened. You know what I mean? Like prove anything happened. Prove. It's like one of those early things that I tripped out on as a, as a 13 year old, but like, how do you know this isn't the first day of your life and everything is just an implanted memory. Yeah, you don't. That's the first taste for those listening that are new to the trying to be in the moment, that's the first taste of going like, I didn't know it, but that was like, just be here now. Yeah. Oh, you don't know. It might as well be. So when we go like, shit, nothing matters. You just quoted this beautiful thing. We don't know who it is. Let it go. And that, that whole thing where it's, you don't know if your memories were just uploaded into you right now. And you're like a, like all of it is fake. There's something very liberating about that because then those aren't your mistakes. Those were, that was the hand you were dealt. Like, let's say, very, very worst case scenario. Like I fear this more than, uh, you know, getting AIDS or something like that. It's like you hit a little kid with your car. Like you weren't looking, they came out of nowhere and you hit a kid or something. That would, that would just be the ultimate worst. Like then, uh, then if that was just rather than you made that mistake, if that was just a player that you uploaded into and the memories just came there, you could probably reconcile with that a little bit better. Like a little bit of detachment. Yeah. I think there's, and there is something called, what is it, spiritual... Which, I mean, you can beat yourself up a little. Don't, like, go straight to getting out of your car like, well, this isn't my fault. I just got uploaded into this. Well, it is tricky because there's that book, Seed of the Soul, which talks a lot about soul consciousness. And it talks a lot about karma. 
And it's it, right away in the second – I've only read the first two chapters. I'm, I'm listening to it. It talks about like – it's very frank. It's very it's, – it's a little disturbing. So everybody know. Let's just go in the disturbing tent. Yeah, why not? I'm telling you it's going to be a little too humid. Oh, before we go into that it's tent, be a it, just, bit cold. it just reminded me of something. You're, uh, and the tent's still there. We're not going to yeah, sidetrack remember, of it. But did you own a copper pyramid? I did, yeah. Why do you have a copper pyramid? What did it do? Well, the pyramids used to be covered in copper. Uh-huh. For and insulation to conduct, yeah. I've seen conduct. pyramid code. Yeah. And yeah. read the law of one and I Yeah. Yeah, I get down but with have crazy you read pyramid, pyramid shit. power? <laughs> no, I haven't read that one. Uh, I got it from Pyramid Power. Did you feel because a I got it from Journeys what is it? Robert Monroe. But you got rid of it when oh the Monroe Institute with uh The Monroe Institute yeah. and Astral Projection. I got really it's kind of a joke. When I was single, I an unregulated man. I was and then like when Val moved in, and then Val gets in and she goes like, she never said anything. She liked my pyramid. I just, you know, you, it's too. It's a, it goes back to kids. It's like me left to myself. I'm a guy leaving a glass of water in a in a copper pyramid to see if it'll make me feel good. And I'll tell you right now, and Val is my witness because she drank it too. I had that water under the pyramid all night. We drank it and it tasted like metal. It. No doubt tasted like copper metal, like some of the energy from the pyramid guy. I, I know this sounds stupid. I lived it, and this sounds fucking stupid. And maybe there's something to be said about just like there's a smell on the metal Occam's razor, and it just floated. Down yeah, that's into the materialist. It. That's fine. Yeah. I don't care. It was interesting, but I do enjoy that. Like once love was in my life, <laughs> I had someone else. I have a bit right now, whereas like I, I want to. I had kids on purpose because I was like plucking a nose hair and my last google was fear of thinking of small holes that's true oh that's right you talked about that on dax i think i was worried that i was afraid of thinking about small holes it's time to bring some kids in yeah let's get somebody can, else there's no there. limit to the problems you no can li- make for yourself that's right yeah i again okay so i fly first class sometimes i'm also worried that i don't like thinking about a key going into a keyhole i have no problem doing it i don't like thinking about it Weird. That's that's a, a a weird quirk that I have. Wait, that I've never met another. Not person. to keep triggering the fear, but literally the thought of key going into where that hole yeah. is feels something bad. that's the size of something that's exactly the inverse size. Those two things meeting, in it's freaking me out just to oh, kind of talk about. Oh, you think it. it's the joining into the hole is like it's a part of you that wants to stay in your incarnation of separateness, and the key going into mm-hmm. the hole represents the return into the hole to be one thing. I don't thing. know. I wish that was it because that sounds nice. I've sat with it. I've meditated with it. I'm going. I'm going to think about a key going into a hole over and over and over and over, and it feels like cold water running behind my eyes and face. Oh, it's that's just, that feels refreshing too. It's very. It's not refreshing. It's oh. like a very painful. I think we're already <laughs> in the disturbing tent, huh? This is. Disturbing. Okay. But you know what? Like, okay. I have, I don't like thinking about a key going into a hole. Like, it's okay. Your parents, like, it's a repressed <laughs> memory of John locking you in the closet and, like, ah. you remember the key going in. But you know what's but... weird is I'm very good at keys. Like, I, like even at night, like, I have good uh, muscle memory of, like, the height of my key. Oh, I play that game too. Like, it goes you're walking to the car. From, ah. from like from you know twenty feet away, and you just try not to move your oh, head. Oh, I've never like, done that. I'll yeah. do that. Like how how uh, how it's like key golf, like walking towards That's it. Perfect. Like how you how close a, are you? A birdie, but uh, that so you bring in some some fucking kids. So anyway, <laughs> That's why. <laughs> That's not why, but that's why I, I was like I can't I can't keep expanding. I can't be Walmart. I can't just keep going like more and more me yeah. and more and more me and more and more me. And I, so far, it's only been a week, but um, it feels great to have somebody else. 
Um, so anyway, the, t- the clammy cold tent, and this is the seat of the soul, so it's not, I can't fully say I agree with this, or let's not even go there. He talks about, like, if you see a homeless person, yeah, you can help them and stuff, but you need to understand that the way that this works is, is that it's lawful, and everything, everybody is working out its karma. Yeah. It's a thing. It's like Shane says, it's math. And there's this thing, and things need to be happening, and we should be, res- uh, what is it? Um, relieving suffering and have an awareness that it's perfect. So you see someone who's homeless. There, there was a homeless woman. She sl- was sl- sleeping on my stoop the other day. I was actually, I came out and talked to her a little bit. I gave her some stuff and I was talking to her and I was just like, this woman, it's weird, but she seems to need to do this trip right now. Like she really seemed like that's what she needed to be doing. That's her right now. <laughs> that doesn't mean I didn't help her. But I was talking to somebody that was like, this sounds like a, a homeless person. <laughs> you know, I, I, can't, I can't articulate that And she that wasn't like really suffering. I mean, she was suffering, but it you It didn't felt seem that- the same way that you and I. I, I. This is so tricky. Please, everyone listening, know. Yeah, I mean, because it sounds I, terrible, but I get where you're coming uh, from. But, no, it's but like- that's, what it might, that's my point, is this guy's saying terrible things. He's like, don't feel too bad because it's karmic. And, and you're like, okay, but that sounds fucking terrible. And I, everyone listening, I agree I want to end homelessness. I don't like it. He, he, this guy and other mystics are saying, when you step back, and I've had moments, glimpses of this space, where you go like, it's all there. It's all, it's all okay. Yeah, it's it's all, all working out. Um, yeah, how could it be any other way? Right. When I was a Christian, I used to say it's God's will because it's happening. <laughs> you know what I yeah. mean? Like, you know it's what's supposed to happen because it's happening. Reality on reality's terms. Right. It's... Uh, I'm trying to come up with another way of phrasing. I mean, that's all we're, all we're doing right now because we know it's the one thing and the whole thing. But like, we're the the goal of this because I've listened to episodes of this where you guys figure it out. Like, you're talking <laughs> to someone, and by like two and a half hours in, you fi- you figured out the whole thing. It's like, there's nothing <laughs> there's nothing left to say. But what we're doing now is we're finding new paths yeah. to that thing because yeah. the other path might have been worn down. That's and- interesting. The next challenge is going. All right. Alex Gray, when he did this podcast, he talked about his first ayahuasca trip, and he was in bliss. And then he could you do it three times in a row. Then the second day, he took it, and he was like in the Holocaust. He was there. <laughs> and he said it was like God saying, or it, or, or mystery, saying, find me now. <laughs> find me now. Yeah. Like, I know you enjoyed the Milky Way waterfall, but what about this? How do you make sense of this? So... Whether or not we can figure it out, if we do figure it out up a certain path, then we start going up these more difficult, they're covered in thorns, and it's fucking horrible. I don't, I don't, that conversation was making me uncomfortable talking about, oh, that's karma. Um, and it can make you depersonalize, it can make you less compassionate, potentially. Yeah. But um, I don't know. I have an easier time looking at my dog and going, like, he's so instincts, he's all instincts, and he bites his butt because his brain told him to bite his butt. <laughs> and I go, that's a lawfully unfolding dog. And I can do it for myself. So let's take homeless people out and that woman that I saw out, because we don't know. But I do know me, and I, I see, I catch glimpses of myself being stuck in my personality and my brain. And, and, and I, I've, I've had this conversation so many times. This is where we start talking about culpability. And, like, who, who's at fault for anything if you're really just this, like, series of electrical impulses? Yeah. I love that Bill Burr bit he has about, like, the Duck Dynasty guy that uh, said something <laughs> homophobic. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, the one from, what is it? Uh, I'm, sorry, I'm sorry you feel that way. 
Yeah. That's special. Yeah. <laughs> no, seriously. I'm sorry. Oh, you've man. Got Bill Bird chewed me out, out in, uh, no. in uh, Montreal. Deservingly so. This was back when I drank, and I was in the Montreal Just for Last Festival in like 2011. And it was, uh, I, I was just wine drunk and just walking around. It was like him and Neil Brennan and. Uh, Jeff Ross and who else? I think like Russell Peters or someone. And they're just like all like having this fascinating conversation just, you know, as you do in the hotel lobby. And I'm just there with my wine glass. Like, I'm not going to say hi or anything, but I got to listen to what these guys are saying. And I thought I was standing farther than I was, but I was really close. I was just that, <sighs> that wine thing. And Bill Burr just stops the whole conversation. He's like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> Is everyone your generation this awkward? You're just standing there. Wow. And then I was like, oh, sorry. I just, I, I really like your podcast and your comedy. And then I pretended to jetpack away. He's like, are you jetpacking away? <laughs> and go, yeah. And then he kind of smirked at that. And I was like, all right, all right, get the fuck out of here. Oh. And I was like, yes, that was like uh, my, my generation's version of a Don Rickles roast. Yeah. I love Don Rickles. Like he'd ask like Dana Gould, like, what, what's your name? And then he goes, Dana. He goes, I don't care. That's amazing. That's we did that joke on Crashing Basically. Bobby Kelly goes, "What was your name again?" And I goes, and he goes, "No one cares." Oh, from you got it from Rickles? No, I don't oh, know. Just, he said we were riffing. So oh, that's funny. It was just it's just a great gag. I love that. Like, I mean, I love living here in California more, but I very much appreciate the ball busting East Coast New York mean yeah. comedy. I don't want to live it. I like crystals and yoga and nice weather and stuff. That's yeah. where I want to live. But I love listening to like old Opie and Anthony and stuff. Like that, I, I again it's talk about suffering is grace. Like there was this weird time when I was I had so much of that in my life, <laughs> and now I do look back on it fondly. The ball busting, um, the ball comic busting, thing, yeah. yeah. It, it, in it, comedy or when? What period? It was when I was in New York, two thousand four oh. to two thousand ten, and like having Burr make fun of me. And oh, what'd he say? I remember we were standing in front of the cellar, and I don't remember what the burn was. I said something stupid. And it was, all I remember was like he's. It was Patrice and maybe Geraldo or something. Unfortunately, oh rest in peace, of, Geraldo's gone too. And he's Patrice. been gone for like a decade. Yeah, I know. And so I said something stupid, and I knew I did, and I should have jetpacked away. <laughs> and Burr starts to go. He goes like, "Dude, I love it when you." And he realizes that the other two guys aren't listening; they're talking. So he waited. <laughs> He waited for them to be done, and I—that means I waited. I oh, stood there to waiting punishment. to get my punishment. It's like he's going to break my balls, but I had to stand there, so I just stood there and waited. And when they stopped, he was like, "He just did this fucking thing," and then I just took it. <laughs> I just took it. It was brutal. That's being a real comic right there. You stood it and you stood there and took your. Well, it was sort of nice. If we're gonna if we're gonna have all this, like that's why roasts are so interesting and and they they kind of work out all these. You ever do them? I love roasts. You know, but you ever do the like roast battle or roast of yeah. Charlie Sheen and stuff? Which I, ones I haven't have you been done on? the televised ones. And um, have you been asked for it? No, no. Um, but Too I friendly. Just, I, or yeah, I guess there's I guess. so many people to pick from. There's only like, I think there's just masters. And let the masters do it. I, 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 I said this to Dax. I don't have that. Why aren't I doing that? Which is a wonderful thing. Is there still that? Or not with roast, but you don't have that with anything you said? Well, again, you have to consider the source. I've had a very particular dream come true, like a very rarefied dream. I had that moment in my car when the Pete Holmes show was canceled. And I was like, well, what is the number one thing you'd want to do? And I was like, well, I love girls. I love Jed Apatow. I love HBO. Obviously, anybody would. But I, I gave myself that permission. It's embarrassing. Were you already working with Judd? No. 
Oh, that's crazy. You what? manifested Judd from your car? <laughs> that's crazy. I, want, I saw him at, uh, at the improv when I first moved here, and I still wanted to be like uh, Howard Kramer's brother, Lee Kramer. You know that bit where L- Howard Kramer has a bit about his brother talking with his sister who ran into Bruce Springsteen at the gym? It's like, you should have asked him for five grand. <laughs> he probably would have given you five grand. Five grand. I'm like, oh, Judd Apatow's right there. I should ask him for five That's grand. So but I don't think five grand. I was going to be like, hey, can I have two hundred and seventy-six dollars? Like That's something so specific. Funny. He'd have to under the guise of comedy. Oh yeah, for the bit. Yeah. I do but know he I, loves a good hard commit. Bit. But you know what? He was like deep in his notes, and I think it was before he was just starting to yeah. prepare for his special, The Return, I think it's called. So in, in my head, I was like, come on, just go ask him. And then it's like, nope, think long term. You'll probably see this man again, and he's probably busy, and it's not very nice. To, to, and then I'm just, I'm trying to do that more, trying to be more Jeff very long, long term. I know what you mean. I'm trying to, believe it or not, Reddit talking about me interrupting and stuff but in life which is fine i do um i'm trying to go like who cares like sometimes i'll be like there's so much of this urgency when you're young i'm almost 40 now to go in and like leave your mark on a social circle like literally like a circle of people (laughs) and go like i'm gonna go in and be like i was here and you remember me and you cartwheel away and now i'm noticing that you can just go in and just be like that's fine who cares yeah i did that i didn't do that it's okay but what i was saying was having my dreams come true literally um, you ha- I have to realize that I'm looking through that lens. I like saying this to young guys, young comics. It did help me relax. You know what I mean? There is the side where you go like, and I realized that wasn't the answer either. Sure, to the meaning of life. The big question. The big question. But it's one of the questions on the test. You do have to That's right. figure out how to not borrow money from your parents it's or a, go into credit card debt or that kind of thing. It's a game to, to figure make out. something that... Uh, extricating who I am, what I've experienced, what I've learned, and sharing it. Making stuff feels like one of the meanings of life. So it's not money and security and and it's nice to walk around. I joke with Val, actually Letterman said this, that being somewhat famous makes it like a small town. Like I can walk the dog. Typically on a dog walk, two or three people would be like, I love you. That's just nice. Yeah, You can't take it too much. Or you're going to have to, if someone goes, fuck you. I like what Carrie, Jim Carrey said. Too. You know, Jim Carrey said, like, I did something so that whenever I run into anybody on this planet, they show me the best version of themselves. Like, That's anyone that runs into me is just, like, they're happy, they're more alert, they're paying attention, they want to, like, yeah. be that. It becomes a story. Yeah. Seeing Jim Carrey becomes a story. I found that with this podcast. People come up and they go, oh, maybe, I'm guessing. That's the guy that plays the open heart game. He likes listening. He likes sharing. He likes loving our our weaknesses and all this stuff. He loves hugs. Yeah, it's great. And I am that guy most of the time. And then sometimes I'm yelling at my dog. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's both. But it's still probably funny when you're angry. But that's why <laughs> I like. Oh, you, you know what? When the... you're setting out, pick the right intention. Because I see, like Artie, for example, Artie. Artie Lang. Yeah, Artie Lang. Is he okay? He tried to stab himself like nine times. Right. Well, it was a long time ago. <laughs> But but what he, a decade ago? I think so. Okay, a long time ago. Yeah, I just That's remember way hearing before that. I knew. It was crazy. But I mean, he's an addict, and we all worry about Artie. I can't really. I get asked that question a lot. I, and the truth is, it's like a constantly evolving process. So I, I don't know the answer. We love you, Artie. Don't do bad. If in case you're listening to this particular episode or this soundbite <laughs> makes it to you, I will give you 
five dollars five to do anything you want with moral or immoral just saying free, in case you're thinking of hitting yourself you can come find me you get a five in any choice you want you get quarters dollar bills venmo bitcoin i'll give you or that amazon rebate yeah for slow oh delivery. yeah he can take that one but Artie has some shit fans like some of his fans are really shitty because I've I've met some of them because we do shows that are co-built and like one of them he wasn't there and people were like screaming. They're at like me. Stanhope, like cesspool kind that's, of fans. I don't want to say that, but I mean, like, well, they probably like being called cesspool because then that's like <laughs> just it's a brand. It's all a brand. I I joke with Artie. Yeah, there's there's a feel. What I'm saying is, when you're setting out to make your art, whatever it is, it could be the art of being a teacher or a parent or a chef or whatever. It doesn't matter. Consider who you're attracting and what kind of pool you're going to be sitting in. Yeah, you get to pick your audience. That's what I'm saying. Over a long term. And when you're doing your act, you're not just... There is who you are and what you're made to do. And then there's who you'd like to attract. And it's great when those two things come together. And you feel like your fans have are generally... That's what I mean. People come up... They're beautiful. They're beautiful. They know that I'm playing the let's try and be present game. So people come up to me and they are present. You and s- that's a great thing. Do you still play clubs a lot or only theaters? Well, I haven't really been uh, stand up much. Yeah. Well, something I know about, like, Joe Rogan's fan... Oh, oh, awesome. Yeah. Joe Rogan's fan base, I hear from, like, working at comedy clubs and talking to the wait staff, like, that he has disproportionately, like, nice fans that oh, tip wow. a lot. Wow. Which, online, he's got mean fans. So the people, like, the part of his fans that go out to shows are very nice and tip a lot. And I guess the kind that are yeah. on- online and stayed well, at home. he's an interesting guy. He, he seems like a very three-dimensional person because he has both of those... You know what I mean? Like, he's figured himself out to know that there might be an aggro, let's watch some UFC guy in there. And there's a guy that's, like reading deep philosophy yeah taking a micro dozen mushrooms and floating <laughs> in a sensory deprivation do you tank. go into float tanks not as much as i'd like to can you fit in it because i'm five this foot eight or nine and then like i'm not like i'm i was no, thinking I when i go in i'm like oh if i was six feet this wouldn't be as fun no i can You're i'm not six four six, i'm not six. doing snow angels oh. I'm, six, <laughs> I'm six five and a half i mean I've only done it uh, twice, but I really enjoyed it. It's fun. What is your experience with um, psychedelics? Psychedelics? Yeah. Oh, man. What was it? Yeah. When did you first? Um, let's see. The first psychedelic, like mushrooms, I think. Not till my 20s and blah, blah, blah. If you're if parent, No, if it's okay if parents listen to this, because I think I've already talked about Your it on parents. my own podcast. Yeah. But I never talk about psychedelics in front of family or Why? anything. Uh, After I did much, not not that it's, it's just it's too much work. I called too my much, mom. I was like, "You got to do these drugs." It's too much work to have to describe that. Maybe one day, and especially because there's you know a Michael Pollan book about it, yeah. and it's it's becoming mainstream. It's so cool seeing like a Time magazine with a big marijuana leaf on it, or yeah. Elon Musk taking that big hit of the blunt. How normalized everything right. is is becoming. But mushrooms. The first time I did it was with my friend. Um, I don't want to out him in case he doesn't want to be thing. But one best, no, it wasn't with Shane. First time I did, first time I did DMT was with Shane. Yeah, and the most memorable one of those times, which together I don't know if it's like we've done it five, six times or something. But uh, what was crazy is we we I'd do it and then he'd do it 
and we would time each other and we were both in for like pretty much exactly the same amount of time like mm. if it was first time we did it, it was 17 minutes then when he got out it was also 17 minutes independently of each other not looking wow. and then it would go down to 10 then it'd go down to five it's like there was something that's... happening yeah almost like going to hogwarts it's like the trains were arriving at yeah. the same time the strangest thing that happened was one time I went so deep in that I didn't know who this I, is DMT. Yeah, I didn't know who I was and I saw all of the timelines as these little like contained within spheres but on a film strip that stretched out infinitely everywhere and w- as soon as I became aware that I didn't know how I got there the whole thing stopped and like a voice which didn't have a certain tone or anything in particular but it was a voice communicating like oh yeah I'll, I'll send you back which one which one were you from which one do you want to go back to and i was like I, I don't know i don't know which one i came from and i spent some time thinking about it and then it slowly just kind of came to me and then i remembered my name <laughs> where i was doing and then eventually i got it down to i did dmt with shane in the living room or it was in my bedroom i don't remember which one of those two it was i was like well i'll send you back you just got to pick which one you go back to and then okay it's whatever it's the it's the living room and then i woke up in in the uh in the living room and i just had this feeling of like this isn't the this wasn't where i came in i came in on the other one i i popped back into an alternate dimension where we did it in the you got the feeling that you came back yeah, I came, I came back to the wrong one, but it was very close. Like, you know, Sliders, that show with Jerry O'Connell from like 20 years ago sure. where they, they have a dimension jumping thing, but they can only, uh, they can you only came go back to the wrong yeah, one. Yeah, I came back to the wrong one, but it was pretty much the, the same. Like I couldn't distinguish anything different from it. And it's just like you like your coffee differently. Yeah. It's like a slightly different reality. But it's so... I, I have a different experience than Shane because Shane is very much in there. Like I have a tape of him like... And it's so funny watching him because he's like so tall and like walking around like, oh, you can take it and stretch it, but it bounces back. And he's like, he's describing stuff. He's very much still there in his body. I'm, I'm gone. I'm, I'm fully integrated into the thing at all. The, the, the thought of trying to make sense of stuff no longer is relevant because to make sense of stuff. You're trying to fit it into a logic template, and a logic template is just that. It's like, it's an ice cube tray. It's either this shape, this, therefore this, therefore this, or this, therefore this, therefore this. And then people that pride themselves on logic, and there is logic. No, there's different types of logic. It depends what template you're starting off at. Oh, interesting. And well, you had that mechanical in one of your I love that. In one of your drawings, it was like, not only are there things... The future is, or reality is not stranger than we suppose. It's stranger than we can suppose. Yeah, that's beautiful. History is the shockwave of eschatology. That's what I've been working up to this whole weekend. <laughs> and, well, yes. And then someone asks a crazy question, and then he's polite about it. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you feel about him? <laughs> oh, I love McKenna. He's he's you cannot describe McKenna. Like some people are like, "Oh, you know, he's a botanist and we talk about psychedelics." No, there's there's hundreds of hours of stuff where he doesn't mention psychedelics. He is he is one of the all-time greats at describing reality from every right. every angle you can imagine yeah. and not imagine. And his way with words, he describes he got good with words because, you know, he was a the little... The mushroom made him do it. No, the mushroom didn't make oh, him do it. I thought he said the mushroom taught him how to talk. No, he's always talked, uh, or because he was... 
uh, he was a little scrawny kid threatened to being beaten up by whatever bullies or something. So he would always, uh, he would use stories to keep bullies at bay. Like he would just be so interesting with his stories that instead of kicking his ass, they would wait till, okay, let's wait till the story is done till we kick his ass. And then he would just keep going in this way that he speaks. But what is speech? Well, if you look back far enough, early speech is to describe our surroundings, which is why men speak less, because there's a greater emphasis on stoicism and hunting, whereas women have more of a need for describing their surroundings. There's yeah. berries down the street, down the corner. This one will kill you. Yeah. This one will kill you. Precisely. Oh. <laughs> you stayed as McKenna. We can make McKenna. We have enough audio of him that we'll be able to yeah, use. Yeah, he's going to come back. An app that we can talk to him. Man. Precisely. I just got a little taste of it. Precisely. Yeah. <laughs> what a gift you gave me. Pretend McKenna. Pretendance McKenna. And from the perspective of that, which was an, a Terrence McKenna, his, his not existing is seamless. Like, in his perspective he died at whatever age 51 or something and then was instantly brought back into life in 2030 by our ai things like that's what he thinks happened oh no i'm just predicting i don't know what oh you're happened. oh you're just yeah it's very interesting yeah. i he he i love his stuff about we don't know what's going on that's why i love that quote it's yeah then we our best attempts are Wild guesses around yeah, the campfire. No, no one knows. No one knows. No nabob. No What's guru. No you can't, geisha. Yeah, you can't hit your head on the floor in front of some mystic. Yeah. He doesn't give a fuck, and he wants everyone, and that's the beginning, to admit you don't know fucking shit. Shut up. You yeah. don't know. And when you're on Mushrooms, that really makes sense. It, it, that's what I like about Mushrooms is talk about the things that Shane is expanding and snapping back and stuff. Mushrooms, to me, sort of takes everything and just sort of nudges it to the left. And you go like, but what was it before it was nudged to the left? But you can't even remember what it was like. It's like when you're sick, you can't remember what it was like to be well, which is what can make it so discombobulating is you're like, this is, this is now now? Yeah. This is what it's like now? And then things like language. I have a lot of stand-up bits. Things like the fact that you can hear your thoughts becomes as it should be. Unbelievably fascinating. Yeah, who's was that? Uh, also, Alan Watts, or it might be Ramdas again. But if the voice in your head is you, then who's the one listening? That's right. So you're instantly like there's a dichotomy within you. But that's that's exactly what I'm talking about. I was actually stoned once and, and sitting on my porch, and I thought, I just I was getting scared, but in the good way. That's like sort of like a as I get older, you can go like it's okay. You're scared. You're, you're scared. Like. How am I hearing this? Like, how am I hearing? I, I do it on stage. I'm like, your brain has ears. You can hear things that only it can hear. And without saying it, you're saying, then what's listening? That, and that's really interesting. McKenna, to me, McKenna also has that stuff about, like, the mushroom told him the cure to world hunger is that every family should only have one kid. Oh, yeah. I don't think he would stand by... He, he also said, like, he doesn't stand by anything that he says, like... Yeah. Uh, it's just a suggestion. I think he was speaking mainly to the West, like the amount a Western child consumes, like the carbon footprint of a Western kid mm -hmm. versus one in Africa or something is just crazy, disproportionately something, something. But right. But with any kind of solution like that, another Bill Burr bit where he's like, no. if if everyone just 
had like if everyone could just wear snowshoes if everyone could just stand a little bit back to life no one is doing that shit if you could th- these slight adjustments while they're good intention they're i think the only change is going to happen when it also acknowledges our weird ass psychology which doesn't do the right thing most of the time right not murdering people but we don't like person listening to this right now you probably have a to-do list that you didn't do all the stuff you wanted to do today right yeah, how does he know that he listened to it? Yeah. yeah, and you want to, and then it gets to the end of the day, and there's the three items that would have taken ten minutes, but you couldn't bring yourself to do them. Yeah. Why couldn't you do them? There's so much of that little just tangled psychology and going on in our head. to benefit you. Mm-hmm. So forget about the planet or other people. Like, we can't even really take care of ourselves. Yeah, that's where the whole tend to your old, own garden comes in, and that's where the clean your room thing comes in. Like, it's all starts with with you if you don't yeah. if you can't manage the dichotomy of your own thing how are you going to tackle right. you know the united states government like with right. your messy room and now i sound like jordan now i sound like jordan peterson clean your <laughs> clean your room clean it clean it right now <laughs> but you know ram ram here he comes it's been five seconds uh he talked about like in the you know, 60s, early 70s, he's off in an ashram meditating, and there was all this social action happening. He's like, shouldn't I be doing that? And he, and he did do a lot of that. But then he was also like, I'm doing the most important thing that I can do, which is, in a lot of ways, more difficult to go in and figure this stuff out. Which can- is this. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very good, Ramdas. Exactly. And then when you approach any problem or any social issue, if you can try and remember what it felt like to be on mushrooms and having compassion for anybody that's in this very unique predicament to be stuck in one of these bodies, to be kind of attached, stapled to a personality and a psychology. Again, the Bill Burr bit about the Duck Dynasty guy being a homophobe He's just like, I was just doing what you told me. Was I was trying yeah. to be a good boy. He was being a good boy until he wasn't. That's right. Until the they rule changed of, the rules. Yeah. In, in a lesser way, like, I have old bits, old podcasts, old things. We've shifted. Like, things have shifted in the past five years that I look, you can find things that we said, and it's just like, that joke is sort of heteronormative or it's a little bit misogynistic like our, our instruments what's an example of that more well i have this thing about how bitches ain't shit no it's <laughs> like just a, hose and tricks <laughs> yes <laughs> but it's like this idea that the instrument the instrumentation now we talk like mckenna has gotten more sensitive so we can like find these low levels i see it in stand-up all the time i'm like what you're saying is consumerist it's materialist it's anti-feminist it's pro-straight or heteronormative is another way to say that. And we just didn't know we were doing that. There's yeah. a lot. Even I'll watch old episodes of The Simpsons and Itchy and Scratchy is in there. And you're just like, that's so weird. Val is 10 years older, younger than me. So she doesn't even know Tom and Jerry. So she's just watching these like absurd, a parody oh, of yeah. something she doesn't <laughs> under. She probably I loved hearing Tom about how like you sometimes oh, yeah. say like, Oh, that's Dr. Nick. He says hi, everybody. Yeah. So, the, like, you're ex- you you overstep like explaining a yeah. joke that she doesn't get based on not having seen Disco been, Stew or yes. whatever. We well, that was a one gag, and then he came back. Yeah, and all, these, all this Simpsons Disco Stew likes doesn't advertise. Yeah, yeah, I missed the quote. I we just watched the film festival one. I was saying Boo Earns, and I'll say <laughs> to Val, I go. Um, you can go up to anyone my age in comedy and say, I was saying boo earns and they'll know what 
what we're saying. Yeah. There was also this, I just want to say one great Simpsons joke. Two great Simpsons jokes. Oh, you jokes. can go all day. I'll go all day with you. <laughs> one is Homer. It's the one where Maggie, it's the flashback episode about Maggie being born. He's like, I, I'm going to ask my boss at the bowling alley. He starts working at the bowling alley. It's the happiest time of his life. It's Barney's cousin owns the bowling alley. He's like, his name is Al. He's like, <laughs> I'm going to ask Al for a raise. And it's, he's in bed with, Homer, uh, with Marge. And he goes, I know exactly what I'm going to say. I'm going to go right up to him and I'm going to say, I'm going to go right up to Al and I'm going to say, and it cuts to the bowling alley and he goes, Steve, I mean Al. <laughs> <laughs> he just like, he gets the name wrong as he's asking for a raise. It's unbelievable. Here's the other one. Then I want to let you go. It's the future episode where Lisa's seeing her future. And the first a, one with Hugh? Yes. Yeah. And they're in an overcrowded classroom, and a, and a video with uh, Troy McClure comes out to teach them. And it's like a classroom brought to you by Pepsi. It's like, Pepsi presents mathematics yeah. or something. And he goes to the class. He goes, if you have three Pepsis and you drink one, how much more refreshed are you? <laughs> Which is already hilarious. And then a child beams in like Skype and he goes, yeah, the child in Canada. And the kid goes, Pepsi? <laughs> and he goes, partial credit. <laughs> oh, that was he one of my partial favorites. partial credit just for saying Pepsi. <laughs> but then we were laughing. We paused it. We're like, what is the right answer? So much more refreshed? The kids at Pepsi? Partial oh, credit. Those were the golden, golden ones. I had that on a VHS tape where I just watched that episode over and over and over again. Of course. Uh, well, Val, it's, it's weird. You've heard me say I don't like saying to Val when I was your age, but like... I'm not sure how we, we ended up with them. Oh, is that British wit or is that general... Uh, what is it? Uh, and then she laughs. Uh-huh. <laughs> I love being in the presence of a boisterous American laugh. <laughs> So, and it has so much heart. The Maggie one ends with the don't forget you're here forever. Oh, yeah. And he makes it say do it for her. And we're just like, we just had a daughter and we're just like. (laughs) Oh, you just watched that one. That's perfect. Isn't it? Why? Well, I picked it. (laughs) Um, But it was perfect. Partial credit. Partial credit. And that's the one important. Well, that's not the one with partial credit. Just the funniest. Do you still watch the new ones? I'll pop in occasionally just because there's some good jokes sometimes, but it's just, it'll never have that feel of the hand drawn with whatever that writing staff at the time was. I don't know if it was Conan and Dana or Dana was season. Dana was later. Uh, I made that mistake. I think five through 10, which is the pretty like basic bitch opinion of it, right? Five through 10 is the I think it bleeds into 12, 12? 11, 12. I'm not sure. And I might even go earlier, like three through 12 or something. I'm not a. Yeah, I don't want to rewatch Babysitter Banda. Which one was that one? It's like season one. It's just my point. It's like, oh, back when like Nelson was the big bully and they hadn't figured out everything yet. Yeah, yeah the first couple seasons have this dark feeling and they hadn't figured out the goofiness of it yet. It You're was right. Still like, it was Life in, Life in Hell. Yeah. The, Mike, uh, the Matt Groening cartoon. Yeah. He bought my After You Die, actually, at a, at a comic... Uh, was it the did? comic arts festival? He goes uh, pretty much every year, and I didn't even know that till I was on the festival with my table selling the stuff. And I was like, "Oh, that'd be so f- cool if he came this year." And then he didn't show up till the very, very end, and I had to flag him down. Like I saw him walk through the door, I was like, "No shit, it's it's Matt Groening." I just yelled over, "Like you, sir, you look like you like fine comics." And then he came no. over to my my table, and then was like. How how much is this one and this one? And he picked After You Die and Strippy Comics, and I said that's ten, and that one's fifteen, and then he gave me like a thousand. A, no, he gave me a thirty, and then it's like standing there. I'm like, he doesn't need this five back. I need this five back, but 
but you know he did give me a lot of value over the years so here's your here's your change sir and then walk off with the change my experience with uh not all judd for example is extremely generous you're very uh, close with judd right you guys i would say so yeah Yeah. he's one of the i i just this isn't a brag it's just the baby's born he's in the group of he's the godfather no (laughs) Judd Father? <laughs> no, I just mean when you're texting friends, he's one of the friends that you, as a, oh. like a friend you text. I thought that was a sweet moment because he, he cares. He's, one, he's not one he's of the a family we man. had kids, but Val and I had dinner with him once and, um, in New York, and he was just like telling us about how having a family is like the best thing you can do, and it was really sweet. We were already planning on it. It didn't like change our opinion, but he's definitely that way. So when you have friends like that, you want to text them the photos. A lot of your other friends might do bits. It's a world I'm not a part of. I've got a nephew and I've got a nephew-in-law kind yeah. of thing through or my girlfriend's sister's Although baby. you remind me a little of Chris Thayer, and Chris Thayer is also one of those friends. That An uncle? A picture of the baby, even though he doesn't have a kid. And I don't know if he has nieces and nephews. But like you have a similar vibe to him. Oh, like, to Thayer? That they can appreciate other people's joy oh, right without on. doing a bit. A lot of people mask... Their bit, their their feelings by being like, say goodbye to sleep or something. It's just, it's always childless people that want it. Just like, yeah, why not just yell like, and we all die one day. <laughs> Did you hear what like, Peretti yeah, said about it? Up. Chelsea, not Jonah. Yeah. Uh, Chelsea Peretti said that, uh, you know, what was I going to do? Just keep having dinner? That's just going, so keep going to dinner? Like, I already had all the dinners. I know what dinner is like. That's great. And that's what sleep gets you. And I think Patton Oswalt had a bit from forever ago. These where, are, these, see, it is the same observation. Yeah. I'm having the same revelation. I was like, what am I going to do? Keep seeing movies? Yeah, go to <laughs> go to rock festivals, and you get older, and you kind of you get it. It doesn't it right. doesn't do that for you anymore. And right. it's not like you're only having the kids, so you can do that. But you kind of are because you're right. a you. You're you're right. in inside that body. Of course, you want to feel connected and close right, and, right, right. and mystified and all the all the good things. Right, right. That's interesting. Where did she say that? Was that in the stand-up special? Not in the last special. This is probably a bit she's working on and doesn't want it out yet. But That's great. It's, uh, we just ruined it. No, it's okay. She okay. likes that, right? Chelsea gave me my first feature spot ever. In, that uh, seems like an edit. That wasn't an edit. What you, was? You just, Ramin just reset. You went, then just, it seems like we stopped and talked about whether or not we should edit that oh, out. Just went, Chelsea gave me, <laughs> it seemed like a good cut point. Another part is... <laughs> Speak very like staccato y and like come in on a, a lot of a palooza. Instead of saying and. Yeah. Ninda. <laughs> Ninda, that's. She gave you your first. Oh, my you first, featured my first. Yeah, the first time I ever got to feature was for her at like the Addison Improv wow. in, in Texas. That's and, cool. Yeah, and I, I wasn't really aware of like how how cookie cutter everything was until I was driving around with her and like, we're just looking for a place to eat and just everything in the whole city was a chain. And yeah. we we're just trying to find one not chain thing. It didn't even that's have to be good. Just find road. one not chain thing yeah. just cause whatever. And I never noticed that. But that. That's talking about how the shift and the generation that's growing up. It's like, there might, it's like Pepsi partial credit. <laughs> it's like at a certain point, Papa Gino's is the Italian place. You know what I mean? Or fucking dominoes or whatever it is. And that's just interesting. It's just interesting to watch the slow undoing of what was a value. It was like things being cooked with love. This is something that we talk about all the time because I always quote, quote it. It's David Foster Wallace, but he talks about like everything, all your needs being met by someone who doesn't love you is very toxic. It's very, uh, that's a big Hindu thing, a big um, Indian thing maybe. 
is the idea of food being cooked by someone who cares about you. We know this is like mom makes you a sandwich and it just tastes better, feels better. And obviously we just write that off as some sort of emotional or sentimental phenomenon. It's like high, hi-fi audio. Like you probably don't notice it in your car stereo, but if you get down and look at that waveform and you look down at the food particles, yeah. it probably has a different literal yeah. geometry. When I try it's- to cook for myself and just try and stay in that hi-fi audio place and cook for Val. Like that fucking bagel I made her. It was greater than the sum of its locks. Like we know, we know that water is already really important. Like we know that New York water has a special something to it. We don't know why. Right, like, right. but it's that some. I'm water over here. <laughs> <laughs> it still works. I can I can hear that New York accent forever, and I still. That like was on it. the Simpsons. There was a plane landing from New York when the critic came to visit, and the planes were landing. All I'm landing over here. <laughs> it stinks. It stinks. It's, it, it stinks. stinks. Yes, Mr. Sherman. Everything stinks. <laughs> How do you sleep at night? Do you remember that? Oh, man, did I already talk about this on a podcast? No, okay, I already mentioned it on another one. I'm not going to say it. It's just another bit from The Simpsons, but then I'll just be repeating myself over and over again. I don't mind. Oh, or it's not even from The Simpsons. It's from The Critic. Do you remember The Critic critic. where there's that uh, girl singing and she's going... E P T P P P poo poo P P and everyone starts laughing and then the dad gets up and goes, Don't laugh at her. She's singing about all the people that died in the war And they go, Oh, it's the people that died in the war. And then she starts again and goes, Pee pee poo pee poo and then just everyone starts cracking up again. That was the most memorable part of the critic for me. That is hilarious. I only remember the dad. And it just it just speaks to like we're we're trying to be like so like, oh it's cultural good like like, yeah. I see it. So my name's Ramin. So I've gotten the whole, like, my whole life when I introduce myself, it's what? Mean? My, uh, I get, I have to repeat it every single time. So that's just kind of ingrained in me. So then when I, I'm basically, I'm trying to say that I'm okay with laughing at other goofy names. Not that mine's like the goofiest, but it's not, uh, you know, it's not Pete or Ryan or, How dare or Katie or something. Don't pull it's me not, into this. it's not a, Don't it's not Katie a normal one. We didn't ask for this. But when someone, <laughs> someone says, or like the Patrice bit Tolu on his Mr. P album or whatever that one is. I don't Did you ever right now. Tolu? Oh, I think you're going to have a great laugh. And he listens to it where uh, he just asks one of the audience, what's your name? And then he goes, Tolu. And then Patrice doesn't let him get away with it. He's just like, Tolu, you named after a hula hoop and a feet? And, and you know, he talks about how white people are. So like, oh, what's your name? Tolu? Oh, nice to meet you, Tolu. Let's look that up for you. What does that mean? Oh, it means peace and love for the rest of your life. Tolu. I love it. And then like black people just will give you a hard time. Like, Tolu? Tolu, and then they like we're gonna rip on you for having the actual African name. Talks about his middle name being Lumumba because he's named after Patrice Lumumba. I mean, it's all there. You can listen to anything on streaming. But the whole point of that I'm listening to it in this year. Oh, okay, good. (laughs) It's funny. The yeah, just the sometimes we we instinctively think something in another culture is funny, but we have to suppress it because we don't want to be insensitive to that culture. Since hence the poo poo pee pee. I. My college roommate. This is this is an example. I real I have this story. I'm I'm trying to write it uh, in written form, and I mm. realize I had this great. I thought great story. I think about me going to a handjob palace with my girlfriend, and we didn't in Amsterdam. We didn't know it was a handjob palace. And what I, makes it a palace? I just like saying oh. handjob palace. <laughs> it, it was somewhat palatial, though. It was very. It was bad. So even <laughs> even that, like I'm telling you, when I told this story six years ago. The, the human trafficking element of it wasn't in the room. 
like we've gotten more woke yeah. as people. So you start going like, it's all these Thai women in bikinis. I should have known better. <laughs> and now we're kind of like, well, who were those women? How did they get there? Like, is it, what it, can we prevent this? Can we help this? And the story sort of hinged on the fact that um, I say I don't want a hand job, and she says, Riri. And I understand that that's not appropriate, but I was very stoned. And I was declining a hand job and trying not to laugh at something that you're not supposed to laugh at, which when you're stoned is very, very funny. <laughs> but I just, as I'm writing it, I'm having to remember that it wasn't just that she said Riri, and isn't it funny that certain accents swap L's and R's? Yeah. It was that it was taboo, and I sort of have to emphasize that. Whereas when I did on stage, I'd just say Riri and would have a good laugh and be like, okay. And that's already taped, or that's one where you're like, oh, I don't know if I can do that bit now. No, I don't know if it's taped anywhere. I don't mind if it is, because, as I said, it's important to make mistakes and learn from them. But as I'm writing it into a, into a book, I'm sort of like, because I like the story, if I had been writing it six years earlier, I probably would have been less delicate and just been like, she said Riri, and isn't that crazy? She said Riri. Yeah. And isn't it interesting? We're changing, like in real time, we're changing. Yeah, just, just stuff like, uh, I mean... Me too. So many people would think like a sexual assault thing was like, oh, it's that's a rare thing. But then there is way more people who have been assaulted than right. I would have guessed. I would have guessed like, know. you know, it's pretty high, like thirty percent. And then you 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 know you start to because uh, I live with my girlfriend now, so I'm much more. You you learn so much more about what it is to being yeah. a woman when you're living with one. Like otherwise, like a period or difficulties of period endometriosis, all that kind of stuff is just non-existent or it's a rare thing and then you live with someone and you kind of know more about their friends and it's like oh damn that's a way different experience than totally. i was totally yeah that that was actually one of the better we're kind of full circle back to instagram one of the better things about instagram was when that happened the number of women that i followed and loved and knew that were posting me too on their instagram and i was like is it, it seems to be at all of them Mm-hmm. It seems to be every single woman that I yeah. Know it's an and exception loves. if you haven't had That's right. uh, like, and that was very difficult. And Val posted it too, so I don't mind saying she was uh, she grammed me too, and I was just and that started a very important conversation and fucking a, a terror. It's a terror. Yeah, but it's a it's also a good. It's out in the open now, and it would have been right. so many people That's wouldn't. The point. Have, yeah, That's the point exactly. That's the point. All is being exposed. Right. No more secrets. So if you don't have anything... Too many secrets, Marty. Yeah, and people are like, what about my porn history? Sneakers. Your porn history is fine. It's, it's something someone else put on the website. That's interesting. But, but just like I the wonder big, about bad porn. Obviously, every stand-up... I have another porn bed. I can't stop thinking and talking about porn. Did you listen to The Butterfly Effect? The Ashton Kusher movie? Yeah. Listen to just, it? With the, you know, like a cloth over the screen, and it's, it syncs up perfectly with any album. <laughs> Um, if you turn it up loud enough. No, I haven't seen it, heard it, or... No, it's a great podcast about the ramifications of the porn industry. Oh, really? And at the very least, if you listen to it... But the industry, let's look at that. Like, I think the industry is already done the same way that the music industry, like, the anyone... Like, kids nowadays are... Not kids, but, you know, or maybe they are. But uh, the amount of porn, music, everything being uploaded, a lot of it is through gatekeepers, but there's so much more that has nothing to do with any gatekeeper so i'm all for like you know the not for the mistreatment of but you hear about mistreatment of you know people in the porn industry and stuff but now it's like you own a phone you own an hd camera you have access to this platform where you can do a you mean it's amateur porn yeah that's the new over the the scene yeah that's interesting the 
um, podcast series, which I enjoyed immensely, talks a lot about how the people are really, really underpaid, how they, everything's stolen and there's no regulation, but they ha- they're kind of stuck. They have to keep making it, yeah. but they're making almost no money. And, and, and then I'm also industry. just like, talk, well, you want to talk about all oneness. If you look at pornography, it really is this exercise in separation. This is really more deeply than I think we know separate thing. Not only is it like, let's say you go to a prostitute, um, you know, I don't want to say at least you're there with a human, but now that prostitute experience has sort of been turned into a two-dimensional digital representation that you can dismiss and turn off and forget. You can look at like a 30-second wham, bam, bang it out, jerk-off session. And if you're, if you're tuned into that oneness, with yourself, you're looking at yourself in a different situation. Yeah. And I can hear some voices saying like sex work is positive and there's some people that are... You know, they enjoy it and all that stuff. Yeah, I, I know that. And then I also know because of the series that there are some people that are like, I lost my job and I just, I didn't want to do it. And then my daughter found out and, and she, I got, I got fired from this and that all these things. Cause we still talk about our shadow self. You find out someone does pornography that one of them is a male nurse. He wasn't doing it anymore. And he's fired because they're like, if anyone sues you or tries to sue you, we'll lose because you're a porn star. Yeah. Even though you haven't done porn in years. The guy's suicidal because he can't – he went to a nursing school and learned all this stuff. Then he loses his job because they found out he did porn. So it's like – but there we are. It's, it's sort of – it's one of those blind spots that we have like loving animals and eating animals. And I'm not trying to push a vegan agenda here. I'm just saying we have this capacity to get what we need from something, clothing made by children, and, and turn off and select all and delete the human life that was there yeah, uh, and the human lives that were there. And I, I think it's, it's just a, it's a way bigger problem than w- any one thing. <laughs> For sure. And I think uh, also th- that's going to continue to happen. I think, you know, abuse in the industry and people getting fired and all that kind of thing, but also cats out of the bag, much like with the other technology stuff. I think people know probably people. once you can make, you can already Photoshop anything to look super realistic, whatever you want. <laughs> Once we'll have video that you can fake any video of anyone doing anything, then at that point, any record of you having done something, it's like, well, you can't prove that that wasn't fake. Thus, it'll free us because if you can, then it becomes the thing of you, it's something you choose to. It's like, let's say someone, some troll made a video of you doing something, just the most horrific thing that you could think of. You don't have to watch it, but it's there and you can't delete it because once it's on the internet, it's on the internet forever. And some people might not want to watch it. Some people who like, you know, Reddit's I'm going to hell for this subreddit thing. Have you seen that? It's just the worst. It's called I'm going to hell for this. And I'm sure there's other ones like it, but it's basically like what something awful was or those types of sites, early internet. It's just like the meanest, worst thing you can do often related to what just happened, especially with we're beyond the 24 hour news cycle. What happened the last hour? How can, people photoshop making fun of that you see it with like when anthony bourdain died of course there's going to be anthony bourdain everything you can think of of that suicide done in a mean troll like thing with photoshop whatever it's done it exists on there and it's not taken off but you don't have to look at it though it's your choice to whether <laughs> part look of at me it. doesn't like that you shared it I'm yeah like more people but it's just like with our now. thoughts it's like with bad thoughts and good thoughts and as this technology is accelerating our thoughts are becoming you know manifested quicker and quicker and you're kind of 
you're doomed to live out the consequences of your own taste going back to the ice cream thing like oh i can manifest anything i want non-stop ice cream for 72 hours you're going to get to live to see what it feels like to be sick of that ability to manifest whatever you want right. instantly right and i guess what's left at the end of quenching desires is awareness <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah it doesn't go away can't go away right. that's what it is you can't not be a you you're by definition you're a you right. even if it does a massive transformation so this fear of like oh but then i'm not going to be a me anymore no don't worry you're always going to be a you that's what a you is right you're you i was i was thinking about that nothingness is sort of a weird type of wishful maybe not wishful thinking but i'm like it seems to be, um, it's a mushroom thought. It seems to be a thing thinging itself. And that's all it does. Yeah. So the idea that you're just going to bow out. If you consider that the idea of, of Buddhism is, is meditating and getting so enlightened that you can opt out of the endless cycle of births and deaths, um, people that believe in nothing uh, are like, want the same thing. They also want to opt out of this. Yeah, that's full thing. control. That's full decision space is the decision to not partake in the infinity either. Right. Have you, um, have you seen that little image of, not of, to partake of in the infinity. Uh, <laughs> infinity is nothing with a twist? Have you seen that image? It's a zero and then they twist it and it makes infinity. Wow. Infinity is nothing with a twist. And that's turning out to be true when you look at the, the deepest physics, and this is like the hardcore guys, not like the woo-woo esoteric guys, like John Wheeler or Feynman or all those guys, Einstein, uh, Max Planck, those people, like they're saying space isn't empty, it's infinitely dense. So we have it wrong in our head. It's not mm. like there's stuff and then there's space in between it. It's infinitely it's dense, yeah. energetic, like maximum vacuum energy, and then there's dissipation of that into... Into form, and that's so, the bright light. That's the that's the one light. Yeah, <laughs> and the fear is it's not darkness and then light covering it. There's fear is darkness that covers the light, but at the base of it, light is. So you can only that's the cool thing. It can only be covered. It can't be destroyed. That's the where could I go thing. Exactly. It can only be covered. It can't be yeah. destroyed. Yeah, that's what I tell Shane about the DMT world. It's like where where could all that where could you put all that stuff? How could it go anywhere? How could yeah. it disappear? And one. Ramana, I always get it wrong. Ramana Maharishi. Died. Oh, I thought you were calling me Ramana. I'm like, I'll take Ramana, it. Ramana, listen, <laughs> when you died, he had cancer and he was dying, and his devotee said, Heal yourself, because he, he was kind of like a miracle guy, I think. Uh, I'm not sure about that. And um, he said, Don't be silly, where could I go? That's a big yeah. question. It's like, where, where could I go? Where do you think I'm going? Yeah. Where, where am I going to go? Or, or my friend Emmanuel, which Emmanuel doesn't have a body. Exactly. And Emmanuel says dying is like taking off a tight shoe. First time the guest has said it before I... Oh, you say it all the time? <laughs> Constantly. Yeah, that's a good one. I like I Emmanuel. Isn't Jesus' name Emmanuel? Like, isn't that like his original name? I yeah. believe Emmanuel Do you think means... his friend Emmanuel is Jesus and he's not letting us on? He's like going king. Well, Christian Das, when he did this podcast, said he thought Maharaji was Jesus. I thought that was interesting. Oh. Um, I have you know. had Bhagavan Das on? No. Bhagavan Das, you know him? I do. He's, have you tried to get him on? No. He did Zach Leary's podcast. You, have you had Zach Leary on? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, you should have Bhagavan Das on. I would. Good that you had Zach on. I should hear Zach. Um, there's an interesting documentary about him, very challenging documentary about him called uh, Carmageddon. Challenging isn't it's boring or it's like no, you're conflicted. Challenging in that there's a guy that you... Don't root for all the time? Yeah. Breaking Bad. Worse. <laughs> He's worse than Walter White? I mean... Bhagavan Das is? I, I just... I've, I don't, don't want to spread uh, rumors or anything. But no, no, it's not even... It, okay, that I'll just sounds like it. there's terrible things. Watch the movie. There's, there's just sort of... 
the jury's out for a lot of people about Bhagwan Das. Although I love his music and his album Golden's Voice, I think is one of my favorites. And you know, I I have love for him. I, he said some very interesting things, and he's who said be here now to Ramdas yep. and introduce Ramdas to Maharaji. So I'm just like, yeah, he, he's groovy, and I, I'm, he's one of those guys where I'm sort of like, I don't know if I could handle talking to him. You want to talk about homeless people and karma? That's interesting. I feel like this guy might be in some deep waters that I'm not ready. That's to, interesting. I want to watch that documentary now. Around. And yeah, don't worry, you're not saying anything. From from yeah. where I'm listening to it, you're not saying anything dangerous because I know you're probably in your head of like, you probably feel the ripple of it so much more. Like when, when someone mentions me, when Shane or Mike or someone mentions me on this podcast, like 12 people contact me about, oh, really? I heard you, and that's just they mention it for one second or something. So the amount of stuff you you probably can't deal with the amount of stuff being said about you, correspondence, in a day. There's probably more than you can really look at in a day. Well, you, you just don't. That's why you're telling me that there's Reddit. Yeah. I interrupt but you're probably more cautious in what you say, whereas on my podcast, I'm just... Da, 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 wasting a minute, gonna say racial slurs for five hours, but I don't say racial slurs for five well, hours. Well, you're but, young Eminem. Yeah, I'm Eminem. That's like not afraid. <laughs> <laughs> you're still calling people the f word and stuff to get to turn some. Because my daughter Haley doesn't yeah, exactly. want to drink her milk. It doesn't uh, sound like Eminem at all, especially because it doesn't rhyme. <laughs> it should have rhymed. I, speaking of babies, I, I I need to go back to my. Oh, baby. cool. How long did we do? Uh, two and a half hours. That's great. That's a wonderful amount of time, right? I mean, it's a credit to you. I've, I've, I slept a lot last night, uh, but it's been very little sleep. So the fact that we went this long is great. This How is long is it normally? Three hours? Ramin. <laughs> Two hours? Stop, stop putting it in your head. It's, it's usually this. Oh, it's usually this? Well, this I had a wonderful time, and I'm really glad you had me on. I had a wonderful time, too, and I certainly could keep talking to you, and we didn't get to anything I wrote down, and that's totally fine. <laughs> Do you want to lightning round it, or next time? Well, you have to I just be- gave myself the next time, huh? <laughs> I have to go. But I will ask you the best lightning one. Okay. Um, the hardest time you've laughed. Hardest time I've laughed? Yeah. Or for all those people that hate, talk about the feedback I get. Oh, the time you laughed the hardest. The time I laughed the hardest. Like everyone gets recently. it. <laughs> uh, okay. Off the top of my head. I hope I'm not throwing her under the bus for this. Because she might... No, no, no. But my girlfriend... Uh, Catherine Swope. Uh oh, I just outed her as a thing. But we were staying at this Airbnb, and the Airbnb guy is telling us all about the place and <laughs> said, "Oh, I hope this is funny to everyone else." I'm already making it. It less doesn't funny. matter. Okay, it's not the so, I, I didn't I, say tell it me. It made a me the story. funniest thing. But he's, <laughs> he's talking about. He's saying like, "Okay, guys, enjoy the place. Um, you can do anything you want. Like, you know, just uh, don't go into the music room. That that's the only place that's off limits." And then. Uh, he's talking about other stuff and so this place is actually built on an Indian burial ground and this tree like you can actually hear the spirits like late after like midnight to 2am he talks about the Indian spirits under this big tree for quite some time then he goes off whatever I forget that he said any of that stuff and I'm just unpacking my suitcases and stuff and just getting, getting into the Airbnb and then I start to hear some wrestling and over in uh, the other room in the music room that's like unguarded the door starts to like slowly lift up and then I see Catherine in there just like with very serious face going, Oh no. 
oh, oh no, no. it's always so something she, inappropriate so she goes into the into the music room and starts being the the native american Wait, spirit the door did open on its own no no she was doing she it was from doing from it. the side she pretended to be the she spirit she did something inappropriate it just, it just hit me you, right i understand and she's not even an inappropriate person and probably hates that i'm bringing up this as making her sound inappropriate but you know how you are in a relationship you get to be real silly with each other of so course. most of my like the recent big laughs or probably some random thing like that or something that our cat Yoshi did. I had to include uh, Yoshi on, on uh, You Made It Weird because I'm the favorite slave of his and Catherine's the second favorite oh, slave of and, Yoshi. And he loves podcasts. Mm-hmm. Um, Everyone that meets him... like should get a hamster named Mario to ride him. Huh? Yoshi? Oh, hamster, but what about it? Named Mario. Oh, yeah. He's actually very big. Everyone that meets him comments on how big he is. Not fat, just big. And he's uh, handsome. Everyone goes like, that's a really handsome cat. Yeah. I always said I want a titty fucker cat. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, he wouldn't let you near him. Even if you were doing something nice. (laughs) No, no, no. We'll date for three to six months. All right. And then I'll be like, you know. (laughs) Still dead. Um, But that's, uh, I think that's a good laugh oh and that uh uh i thought kyle dunnigan's paul mccartney that he just oh posted was really good i like watched that over and over one? again the master glass one i'm paul mccartney and this is my master class yeah. <laughs> i was about having a wank with john uh-huh yeah, john pulled out his twig and berries and so did i that was so good okay i gotta go thanks Would for you say keep it crispy oh thank you for doing it keep it crispy is that the longest one? First time I've joined in. <laughs> First time you've joined in and longest one? That's a great note to end That's on. That's right. Thanks for having me. Thank you.